does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Kevin, I'm not going to lie to you. There are two things in the calendar in the state of Indiana to me that I, I, I mean, I absolutely love, love, love. One of them is the opening day of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think everybody knows that. I know for you, opening day of training camp is one of them. And then for me, right after that, opening day of the Indiana State Fair. I love everything about it. The only thing I don't like about the opening day of the Indiana State Fair is it means that we're a few weeks away from summer basically coming to an end. But I love it. You know, there's part of me that feels like I should have my shirt off in a Little Kings right now. <laughs> sure, why not? Why well, not? I brought props because oh, we're we are at the dairy bar, right? We are, yes. Uh-huh. I'm guessing that Brooks going to bring us milkshakes, grilled cheeses throughout. Yeah, um, I'm feeling I might just like pill over at a Colts training camp practice today, given yes. the heat and given the products I could be consuming. It's going to be here. warm, yes. A little um, bit later, I, I feel this every year. So on an annual basis, every year I go over to IMS. I think. This place is absolutely huge. And I feel that way, like, when I come here as well. To the State Fair? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's opening day of the State Fair. The fair technically opens at 9 a.m., but we are at the Indy Dairy, the Indiana Dairy Bar from the American Dairy Association of Indiana, where you can, of course, I mean, it's one of the great traditions when you come to the fair right across from the Coliseum. At, right after seeing the kids ask what the Nerf footballs are that the world's largest boar is smuggling, then you come over and you get a grilled cheese and a milkshake, some cheese sticks, whatever it might be. How many vendors do you think are here? Boy, a lot. Thousand? Yeah, probably a couple hundred easily, right? Now, let me let me show you what I brought. I didn't know if they're going to put us to work at all later, but I brought oh, my nice. winner's drink milk hat. Throw that on the YouTube. Yeah, make okay. sure. Yeah, there you go. Winner's drink okay. milk hat. And then I have my winner's drink milk apron, which Look is this. It's a little short on me. I can't. It's hard now, to. Boo was mentioning you have not, you don't put clothes on underneath that. Is that true? <laughs> uh, that's a little appalling to me. Yeah, well, but in this heat today, I, I, I guess it makes. It's sense. got a little pocket on it. The winter's drink milk. But here's the big thing. Now, Kevin, you are privy here to what a select few have ever even seen before. Oh boy, now I'm nervous. I'm really but nervous and we have plenty to talk about today, including the continuing. As Kevin had an article on the website, the continuing simmering. I believe you used situation. With the Colts and their star running back, we'll get to that on a Friday morning. Good morning to you, Jake Quarry, along with Kevin Bowen, Sam Fritz running things back in studio for us, and Landon capably filling in everything, getting it all set up for us and good to go here. So we are up and running Landon, here for the Nary Bar. Outstanding. Um, when I was, I believe, two years old, I think I've, I've told you many times, Kevin, I, my family, when I was born, lived in Shelbyville, even though we, my parents were native to Indianapolis. We... In Shelbyville, like all of Shelby County, we live not far from a farm, and I don't remember this. I was but a wee youngster, but my first word was cow. I loved cows when I was little. Moo. So when I was two, I was given a stuffed cow. Sure. Which is known as cow. Never was named. Mm-hmm. Um, Creative. Perfectly fitting for today's world because this cow has both udders and horns, and I, still to this day... Wherever I've lived, wherever I've gone, wherever I've laid my head at night, cow is with me. Look at that. We're at the dairy bar, so cow made the trip. 
Let's now, make sure Cal's got a spot. Yeah, <laughs> Cal, I think probably Cal, right one of the One of Cal's horns literally hanging by a thread. You can see my mom used to say Cal's having surgery. She would uh, sew Cal's horn back on. It's basically nothing but my mom's old threads over the years. And now, Cal has one eye. Zero offense whatsoever, and I'll be totally upfront and honest with you. You know, Rosie and her reading ability has led us down the path of many animal-related mm-hmm. books in the last couple of years. I think I know my cows pretty well. I look at Cal and think to myself, is that really a cow? <laughs> well, cow. Cow's uh, got a little bit of a different tint to it over the years. I believe it's a um, hermaphroditic cow, to be honest with you. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Duh. But, yes, there's, there's cow. There's, now, can cow stand up anymore? No, I'm cow's. I'm nervous about it. Should we rest <laughs> cow somewhere? I mean, cow's 50, 50 years here, old. Here, here, here. Let me <laughs> see if we can just put it right here. There we go. You know? Since we're at the dairy yeah. bar, I figure we have Shelly. to have cow, right? Yeah, cow is here. I, I mean, mean, we're going to have to figure out like where Like I said, cow has cow. udders. Cow apparently appears to be a bull with udders. Do bulls have udders? So do you sleep with that? Yes. Not to get too personal. Yes. Okay. I mean, Boo's kind of taking over the spot, mm-hmm. but yeah. Jake yeah. Query brought his stuffed animal in I did, today, again, live. At I didn't the, take it to friends' houses when I would spend the night, at, at least after the age of, like, 12. Yeah. Mrs. Byron, can I have a cow, please? <laughs> uh, live here at the Dairy Bar, he is Jake Query. I am Kevin Bowen. Again, as Jake said, it is opening day here at the State Does Fair. Does that freak you out, having cows just staring no, at you? No, 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 no. I, I think cow, I'm going to give cow a little pet on the top of There you of go. The it's here. perfect. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Mr. Artiolo rolling in here, Fox 59. Uh, again, it is going to be a very crowded day at the State Fair. 9 a.m., as Jake said, that's when Gates open. And as always, as we've done all week long, continue to do the next couple of weeks, we will give away a four-pack of tickets to the State Fair coming up on the Pop Quiz. Jake, you did tease it. Uh, be remiss if we did not commit a good chunk of time today to the Jonathan Taylor situation. I feel like I'm watching, and Colleen Bowen, my mother, was certainly a big fan of it back in the day. I feel like, Jake, we're watching Days of Our Lives. The You're hourglass not kidding, man. continues to turn the on a daily opera basis. The soap opera turns, right? Uh, for those that missed it yesterday, I would say the big plots within this story was another tweet from Jonathan Taylor's agent doubting the future of the relationship between his client and the Colts and then late last night Stephen Holder all credit to him with this Jimmer say dialing up Stephen and the big news item that came away from that conversation which again we'll focus on a lot today the Colts have yet to offer any sort of contract extension to Jonathan Taylor um, Ursay's comments certainly expressed some interest in wanting to maintain him long term. But as of now, Jake, there has been nothing put out in front of Jonathan Taylor from a contract that, extension standpoint. Is that a surprise? It's a surprise when you factor in past precedent. Well, but for example, you know, I'm trying to think of other players that have re-signed. What is the calendar of when they re-signed? So Braden Smith was the day before training camp started. Shaquille Leonard was a couple of weeks into training camp. Quentin Nelson and Naheem Hines were just before the start of camp. I think you could make the argument that Jonathan Taylor, maybe not Nelson, but Jonathan Taylor has been as good, if not better, than any of those players in his NFL career. And I go back to Taylor's comments in the spring, Jake. He harped on the Colts' past history with re-signing their own draft picks numerous times it, it was it was interesting to walk away from that and think oh boy that's kind of his big talking point and 
this is kind of a bed the Colts have made for themselves. When you re-sign non-premium positions before the end of their rookie deals, a guy like Taylor is going to say, why not me? And and so I, I understand where Taylor's coming from in this situation here. Did you, as a kid, Kevin, did you ever chew Fruity Stripes gum? Was that around by the time you were a kid? I was a big, big league chewer. Okay. Big league chew, also fabulous. But Fruity Stripes are, I mean, it's an amazing gum. And the fruit, I mean, the the burst of fruit flavor was it's just fine, amazing gum, just like great. Uh, the each longevity the, the fruity stripes will. came in a rainbow pack, and each you know you get the green was like lime, the red was cherry, the purple was grape. Each stick had a different flavor to it, and you put it. And when you literally, it was like the NFL color rush. When you put a, a stick of fruity stripes in your gum, a, a gum in your mouth, it was a flavor rush instantly. Right? It was like the color rush of the NFL. And it was fabulous. But the second that the flavor went out of it, it was over. There was no getting the flavor back. All of a sudden, you just had, like, wax in your mouth. You're like, what is this? And you spit it out usually by the time you got to your car. I think the Colts know that that's running backs in the NFL. They are fabulous. They are wonderful. And they can be the most flavor-rich position on the field. So why draft them in round two? But the second, because you got how many years on the rookie deal? Three. They got three years out of them, plus they can franchise tag them. They got four years. They thought at that time that they had their quarterback. At the time that, that, that they were getting the mileage uh, out of Jonathan Phillip Taylor. Rivers was one and done. Philip Rivers was understood, maybe two and done. Understood, but they knew that they had a plan in place. I, I mean, obviously, Wentz kind of fell into their lap. But they didn't think that they, were going, that they were four years removed from starting a quarterback that had 17 games or whatever it was in college. So – they're going to franchise tag him. They're going to have him for two years, and then at that point they're going to find out whether there's any flavor left in that at all. But running back more than any other position in the NFL is the one that most requires analysis and scrutiny to the last set grain of sand in the hourglass before you determine whether or not you want to marry it long term. I mentioned this yesterday, and Ursay confirmed it to Stephen Holder. I thought Ursay's original tweet was more directed league-wide, was more directed at the Najee Harris comments than anything. Obviously, they can be interpreted in several different ways, and Taylor's agent certainly interpreted it in a different way. Uh, Ursay said this to Stephen Holder. The comment wasn't really directed at Jonathan. We haven't exchanged any contract numbers with each other, anything like that. It's not like we're in the midst of that. I think we had a tough season last year, didn't win a lot of games. This is a year about coming back together, having a great year, and we're really depending on Jonathan to team up with Anthony Richardson to try and pull together to have a great year, end quote. There's another comment by Ursay, if you catch that, about Anthony Richardson playing and playing early. Jake, a couple other of Ursay quotes to feel free to play off of. I quote, we love Jonathan. We need Jonathan, Ursay said to Holder. Our hope is Jonathan has an outstanding year and that we have a good year as a team and then we get his next contract done. That's the hope. We think the world of him as a person, as a player, it's just timing. When your time comes to get paid, then you get paid. Yeah, that time's going to be at the end of his franchise tag year. That's when they're going to determine. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they may get it done this year for a long term, but I think they want to see. I, Kevin, I really think this. And, and people will get tired of hearing me say it because I'm going to say it so many times because it's going to be a topic we discuss so much. The reality is this. Jonathan Taylor is the unfortunate victim. Life's about timing sometimes. Life is about timing. And in all aspects, in all areas, and all avenues, life is about timing. And in Jonathan Taylor's case, 
he has the misfortune, if he's wanting a big contract right now, of having his timing not align with definitive answers at the quarterback position. They need to determine how how far away Anthony Richardson is from being the guy, and if Richardson is ready to be full bore, turn up the wick, full rich on the fuel, let's go next year, then Taylor is going to be signed for like three years. If not, if it's still a continued work in progress, they're going to franchise tag him and see where they are. You know, you, you hear those comments from Merce right there, and clearly he is expressing a desire to retain Jonathan Taylor moving forward. Again, maybe not the urgency to get it done here right, right here right now in the month of July, but that quote indicates that, again, he wants something done with him moving forward. I would make the argument, and we're going to get into this today. I think I've got kind of a specific plan I think the Colts need to do here with Taylor. And I think if you wait on this, you pass up this opportunity right here, right now in the next month and a half, it's a missed opportunity. And I'll explain that a little bit more, but for two reasons. One, the timeline of Anthony Richardson. Two, the current financial state that you're in. You are in an ideal financial state to try and do something and front load it. And so if all of a sudden you get to the end of the year, Taylor rushes for 1,500 yards, and now it's like, oh, man, uh, I don't know how we're going to operate with this. That, to me, is a missed opportunity because now you're starting to get deeper into Richardson's a year into it. Quiddy pays closer to the second contract. Bernard Ryman's closer to that second contract. I think those are all things that you have to weigh. So, again, Stephen Holder last night, late last night, this is just before 11 o'clock, some comments from Jim Irsay that we will uh, get into a whole lot today. You know, it, it's not often, Jake, that, you know, i got to respect uh, respect my elders, certainly. Mike Chappell's a guy that I know likes his sleep, but I texted Chapp yesterday and figured he'd be en route to Colts training camp at some point, and he obviously has a great history of covering the Colts. Forty years of covering the With camps. contract holdouts, all of that, so I figured Chap would be the perfect person to have on. So he is going to join us coming up at 830 uh, Cow is alive and well. Yes. Uh, this is just an incredible story here. Are the udders filled? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at Have the dairy bar. Have so, you yeah. Not to get too personal. <laughs> no. I mean, we're at the dairy bar. I feel like I mean, that's a relevant question. Twice a week. Just oh, for, you know, sake of fresh milk. The, the horn is hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Somebody did report, by my the way, mom that, could that, sew that cows. Well, my mom, cows got to have surgery. Karen tried um, that. Yeah, cows apparently have both horns, uh, have horns in both genders, so we're cool in that regard. Greg Rakestraw going to join us next. We are underway here at the Indiana Dairy Bar for the Dairy Association of Indiana. We're at the Indiana State Fair opening day. More on the Colts. Rake joins us next, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I mean this in all sincerity. I'm so glad Mark Dykton is not here because the Cubs are playing very good baseball. 10-3 over the Cardinals. The Cubs are lurking, to say the least. Uh, big Cubs win. Cubs are lurking. They are lurking. 51-51 and 51 now in the year. Jake, did you see what Shohei Otani did yesterday? No, but I saw that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him as to whether how long he's going to be there. Regent Bryant's going to kill me because I didn't watch the Angels game last night. <laughs> so the Angels, a doubleheader yesterday with the Tigers, and like you said, Shohei Otani taken off the trade market by the Angels. Shohei Otani goes a one-hitter shutout in game one and then hits two homers in game two. <laughs> he's a cheat code, right? 
Like, isn't that like a 1928 storyline, not a 2023 storyline? Uh, Angels sweep the Tigers, by the way, 6-love and 11-4 yesterday. It was the Guardians over the White Sox, 6-3. Mets over the Nationals, 2-1. International League, Indianapolis Indians, short end. Louisville bats beat them 9-6. Uh, speaking of short end, that would be the Fever yesterday. They lose both games out in L.A. this week. 81-67 to the Sparks, 6-18 on the year. Uh, other items of note. Again, we are live here from the State Fair. Hydration is a must today. Colts practice will begin at 10 a.m. That is already sold out. Sold out today, sold out tomorrow night, the next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, with two weekend practices to follow if you're looking for the Colts schedule here upcoming. So we are live at the Dairy Bar. I would think our next guest has probably made a stop at the Dairy Bar in his day. Oh, absolutely. I think Greg's made some milkshakes with us before and grilled cheese. I was going to say, Greg Gregshaw is going to join us next. Again, for those that missed it late last night, Jim Ursay to Stephen Holder. Um, some news items certainly in there. The Colts have yet to offer any sort of contract extension to Jonathan Taylor. We'll be chatting about that a whole lot today, and we'll do that on the other side with Greg Gregshaw. He joins us next. Kevin Bowen, Jake Quarry, live here at the State Fair opening day, 9 a.m., Gates open. If you are coming in, come say hi. We are right in front of the dairy bar. Jake, location-wise, what would you say? Like just on the north side of the Coliseum? Just north of the Coliseum on the west northwest corner of the Coliseum. Correct. North right west. across from uh, the Swine Barn, I think it is. By the way, speaking of that real quick, if you are getting ready to go out for the day for work and your pets are outside, if you've got to leave them outside, make sure you leave a ton of water today because it's going to be brutal by the middle of the day. Try to bring them in, but if you've got to leave them outside, plenty of water. Yes, hydration like no other today. Again, live here at the State Fair, Kevin Aquari, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You are listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, we are live here at the State Fair. The sun starting to peek out. I don't know, Jake. Let's be a little selfish. I would probably like if the sun stayed behind yep, the clouds. Yep, just stay today. right behind the Coliseum. I'm cool with it. Yeah, it is going to be a scorcher today. But, again, 9 a.m., gates will open here. I'm going to head up to Colts training camp, practice number two right after this. And our next guest joins us now, Greg Rakestraw. Uh, Rake, I'm going to venture to guess that you have made an appearance at the Dairy Bar in your history is that correct i've been there a time or two in fact i've served ice cream with your co-host at the dairy bar in previous years look at I that told you. has he met told cow you. yeah I, greg have you met cow my stuffed animal uh, i don't think i have sir <laughs> okay gotta get a late oh, night mm, invitation to the quarry house prior like to today that. it was select company cow's a little you know stage fright here now greg you are not in indiana on the opening day of the state fair correct no, I am back. Uh, I, I was in Memphis yesterday, drove back, uh, rolled back into town about 1030. So I am at my residence, which is not as close to the state fairgrounds as you, but still within 20 blocks, yes. Okay. What was the event that took you to Memphis before we get to cold stuff? Sure. So um, we at ISC, we have produced events for USA Basketball over the years. So yesterday was the boys' ninth and 10th grade championships for the U.S. Open. It's kind of the end of the AAU circuit. So the teams that I saw yesterday had two Texas teams. 
Uh, in fact, the two Texas teams both won those championships. They defeated teams from Georgia and Arizona. I missed having Indiana elite in that 10th grade championship by a game. They got beat in the semifinals on Wednesday night. And so you saw, I would imagine, probably, I mean, were there some college coaches there, I'd assume? Just a few. Now, because it was the last day of the event and because, you know, things were kind of wrapping up, a lot of those guys had kind of flown home. But I saw coaches from Michigan, Cal, uh, Vanderbilt, Valparaiso, Akron, Texas State, Notre Dame, it's Duquesne. Let's go. So just a handful of college coaches, yes. <laughs> Let's go, Michael Shrewsbury. Kevin in the my, crowd with his shirt my off. My shirt's going to be off in the next few minutes after hearing that news. Again, Greg Rakestraw joins us, Rake, as you were pulling into the driveway last night, uh, probably just minutes thereafter, Stephen Holder published some comments from Jim Ursay, and in those comments on ESPN.com, Ursay mentioned that the Colts have yet to even offer a contract extension to Jonathan Taylor. Given the past precedent of how they've treated draft picks that have, I would say, overachieved on their rookie deals, does that surprise you in any way, shape, or form? It does a little bit, uh, to be frank. Um, and, and even though um, there has clearly been a change in the emphasis on paying your running backs in the National Football League, the Colts have always, again, leaned towards the side of if you play well for this team, you will get rewarded, even if it's not of, of a position of, um, you know, market dominance. You know, the obvious example is Quentin Nelson last year and, and what he was paid. So I'm, I'm, I'm rather surprised that there has not been at least some level of, of negotiation, contract conversation to this point, especially knowing the luxury the Colts have of having your starting quarterback on a rookie deal you hope, for the next four or five years. When we get to July 2024, Rake, do you think Jonathan Taylor is still here, and do you think he's playing on a multi-year deal or the franchise tag? I do think there'll be a multi-year deal. I think even though those conversations have not taken place, uh, again, barring something of an injury during the course of this year, then I think all bets would be off. Um, but, But let's say Jonathan Taylor has a season Somewhere between what he had in 2021 and 2022, I do think a multi-year deal. And by multi, again, we're, we're, we're the, using the loosest definition of this, between two and three years, I do think some sort of agreement would be reached. See, Greg, I was saying earlier my opinion, but I want your reaction to this opinion. Part of the hesitation or whatever, whatever word you want to use it, part of the reason Jonathan Taylor probably at this point has not been given that already – is because you can tag him for next year, so you know that you're getting two years there. But a big part of it is knowing the expected shelf life of a running back and then combining that with you have a rookie quarterback that you are starting over from scratch. They need to see how fast Anthony Richardson's acclimation period is and when and when they're ready to completely hand the keys over to him before they make the financial commitment of the pieces that are going to be around him beyond the the two years that they're able to have him to begin with. Does that make sense? That's a fair point. But, again, I, I still default to the overall methodology of what this team has done. And that is, again, there has, you have typically rewarded the guys that have played well for this football team 
regardless of the position. And I still think that will be kind of the default mode of this team at some point in time down the road. But one of the things to me that I think is a very subtle and maybe not even intentional comment that I keep going back to is when Ballard was talking about the positive attributes of Jonathan Taylor, within it he still uttered the words, look, we won four games. So that was like his way of saying, I'm not saying he's not a great player who hasn't been a great player for us and done everything we asked, but when getting the maximum out of him, it resulted in four wins for us. We clearly have other areas of need that we have to address before we look at that situation. That's how I, I respect that. And, 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 and I appreciate when you say, hey, listen, the way we have done things has not worked. Correct. You know, you know, to where it's, it's been a couple of the playoff appearances in six years, you know, where it's, it's not been a playoff win since 2018. I appreciate saying, hey, if, if, if you're telling me, hey, we're going to change your business around here, I go, okay, great. I, I, I appreciate that. And I would tend to agree with that. And I still kind of want to see that in motion or in effect before thinking, okay, this is, it's one thing to say it, another thing to do it. Are we about to have our first grilled cheese? I believe that's uh, – is this Swiss? Oh, buddy. 737. I have no morning. off switch. This is heaven on cheese. earth right now. Rake, you got to get down here as soon as possible. <laughs> Nothing says breakfast like some grilled cheese from the Rake, Indiana Rake, I might try to bring bar. you one to Colts training camp Thank later you. today. Yeah, please do. Just, just you know, <laughs> smuggle a couple out. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow, Greg Rakestraw is going to be on the call in Buffalo for the preseason opener. Rake, walk me through. Is it still um, Rick Venturi and Lara Overton and you? That is correct, and again, we are together for the first two games, and then if you want to watch the third game in Philadelphia, you have to have Amazon Prime. So unfortunately, with not having a uh, national telecast during the regular season, at least a primetime telecast as of now, we were kind of one of the uh, teams that was subject to having a, a preseason national game, so we get the first two games correct. Uh, Rick, I was thinking about this in regards to the Taylor conversation and we're gonna have Mike Chappell on 830 and you know Chaps obviously are our encyclopedia from a historical standpoint but I put you up there as well can you think of the last time the Colts had a very public contract situation play out like this one has and I get that the presence of social media is a little different certainly than it used to but I I, you know I remember like Drew Rosenhaus showing up to Anderson for T.Y. Hilton but I, I don't think that got very public. Estanzo's stuff was never very public. I almost have to go back before the Grigson era. I know McAfee wasn't happy about the franchise tag he got in 2013, maybe that one. But I can't recall anything in the last decade that's reached anything like this. No, and, and I was I, I was thinking about this in, in a different direction. I'm trying to think of the last you know significant holdout. Um, and, and obviously – you know, it's a different era in terms of the, you know, rookie salary cap and kind of the slotting of contracts where, you know, we can kind of work our way back. You know, like the last mega deal for a rookie was, I think, the year that Sam Bradford was number one, you know, for the St. Louis Yeah, Rams. Bradford ruined it for everybody. And, and so, you know, he was the last guy that kind of got under, under the old rules. And so, like, the last extended rookie – holdout that I can think for the Colts, you go back to Edger and James in 99, who kind of got to camp right before the, the second preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. You know, so, so it's simply, 
you know, hasn't happened. But to your point, it, it has been a little while since there have been seemingly any level of contentious negotiations that kind of made its way to the public. And, you know, let's be real here to be fair, Greg. And I've seen it plenty. I, you know, going back even further than that, I remember when Dickerson held out and, you know, Jeff George as well. I mean, both of them. And that, that did sour things with fans a little bit. But it was a different era where the expectations were different. There were just there's really no comparison to today's era for the reasons you mentioned. But if Jonathan Taylor, what's going to happen right now, I, I would predict, is that Taylor's going to end up playing. He's going to have a breakaway 60-yard touchdown run. Everybody at Lucas Oil Stadium is going to go crazy. And at that point, everything all's well that ends well. And and eventually he's going to sign, and we're going to look back and go, you remember when we were talking about that and, and chuckle about it. That would be my hope, but that would be also my expectation. Usually the only big things or big stories in training camp that continue are injuries. Yeah. Everything else is usually swept away by the broom of history in pretty short fashion. And I hope that's the case with, with this kerfuffle, dust-up, etc. Kerfuffle's a great word, by the way. I think they have a fried kerfuffle right around the corner. This grilled cheese is electric. Pretty much I know. This, it, do, I, do I need to say more big words just so you guys can enjoy grilled cheese for a couple of minutes? Oh, yes. Right. This is yes, so if good. you could, yes. This is so good. Ray, <laughs> give us a U.S. Women's World Cup update. Uh, win or draw, and we get through, is that correct, early Tuesday morning against the Portugal uh, Portuguese, I guess? Correct. Um, and, again, I wouldn't be freaked out about the draw against the Netherlands. I mean, you're playing the team you played in the championship match four years ago. And again, it is indicative of the fact there's just not as big of a gap between this U.S. team and, and maybe what it's been in most years. And even with the fact the U.S. won the World Cup in 2015 and 2019, it's not like they blew everybody out. You know, when they beat the Dutch in the final four years ago, they beat them 2-0. First goal was a penalty. Didn't score until well into the match. And frankly, the Dutch have more players returning from that World Cup team four years ago than the Americans do. So... The Americans didn't play great in the first half, played much better in the second half. Kind of the, the, the finishing has not been great in either of the two games. That's a bit of a concern, but it's the group stage. It's okay. Uh, they played to a, a draw on the group stage against Sweden in 2015, still won that World Cup. So Portugal, better than Vietnam, not as good as the Dutch. Win that one, you're the number one seed. You feel good about life going into the round of 16. Rick, I think 11 of us here at the State Fair might have beaten Vietnam the other night. Uh, I think was they, they were outshot 28-0 uh, in, in that match. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a uh, – uh, again, it's, it's, but it's also you're going to get one of those in every World Cup. It was Thailand four years ago, which the Americans beat 13-0. A uh, little bit different, uh, you know, this time around. Greg, has the window – and the answer here, I guess, could be both – has the gap closed between the United States and other countries in women's soccer? A, because the United States itself is going through um, a transitional period of roster, or B, because maybe partially because of the United States' success in women's soccer, other countries have now further prioritized it, and they themselves have increased their see all of know, the above. There. It's the overlap of those two circles. Yeah. Um, and, and and honestly, I think the biggest thing is simply because of the fact that other countries are starting to spend a similar amount of money, if not more so, not just on the development of the game at the youth levels, 
but on the development of the game at the pro levels. In other words, the, the major clubs in Europe have realized, hey, listen, we can sell tickets for women's matches too, that people are going to show up and support this team, and they'll support the game, whether it's a male star playing or a female star playing. And so the fact that it is much more of a competitive marketplace and there are much more top-flight leagues around the world and in which women can play professionally, to me that's the biggest culprit is the wrong word to use, but it's, it's the biggest reason why at the international level now there are multiple teams that are at the level or just below of Team USA. All right, Rake, last one from me. And, again, Greg Rakeshaw with us here, IFC Sports Network on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Getting back to the Colts conversation, as we said, two weeks from tomorrow, you'll be out in Buffalo for the preseason opener. I know you want Anthony Richardson to play all four quarters of every – all three preseason games, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's be realistic here. What are your expectations for him and – or I should say preseason playing time? Because the Buffalo game is not necessarily this – but when they play Chicago the next week at Lucas Oil, and then especially Philly that Thursday nighter you mentioned earlier, those come on the heels of joint practices. Typically, right. you don't play your starters in those joint practices. Now, is Richardson a starter? Right now, he's not. So I, I guess what do you envision for Richardson? I think it's a hard question to answer, frankly, on July 28th, sure. so I apologize up front. But what do you envision for his preseason playing time? The answer is I don't know uh, because you've got two different trains of thought. Does the fact that he is a rookie and a very green rookie at that and needs more reps, does that overweigh the general idea of, hey, your ones and even your more experienced twos don't play after you've seen the same team in practice back-to-back days? And normally most NFL teams, that happens once. This is a very rare scenario, but needed for this group, where it's going to happen twice. So my general hunch would be he's going to play a lot against Buffalo, and I think the combination of it being the second game and also being at home might lead him to playing more, say, against the Bears here than perhaps he would against the Eagles in week number three. So my guess is he plays maybe about a quarter and a half against Buffalo, maybe something similar of that ilk against the Bears, and then the Eagles, kind of a toss-up or maybe a, hey, let's see how he does the first couple of games. Let's see how he does against the Eagles in those joint practices and then make a a day of or day before decision as to whether he plays or the level to which he plays against the Eagles to wrap up the preseason. Greg, I've always felt like, and we've seen in this market, I mean, you and I have seen certainly two of them between Luck and Manning, but whenever you have a rookie quarterback, I think a huge part of the introduction and acclimation for them in the National Football League is the understanding of their teammates that that's exactly what it is. Look, we're starting over here, and the engine that we have underneath the hood is one that has yet to have any miles on it. And I think that they're, I, I think that players and veterans are willing to go through that as a franchise so long as the player – has the right approach to it, and they want to rally behind him. Anthony Richardson seemingly has not done anything to show anything other than a guy that veterans would want to rally around. But is there a window or is there a decorum that that a quarterback has to go through in order to get the veterans on the team to say, 
I'm willing to be patient here and buy in as well. I think there is. And actually, when I was doing the, the midday show on Monday, I kind of asked Joe Wrights that same question. I basically said, all right, clearly you're hoping he's the guy of the future, but he may not be getting the ball immediately out of the gate in week number one. How does that affect kind of the, the growth of leadership process for a guy like that? Because, you know, for whatever comparisons we want to draw to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, there was no doubt, you know, well before training camp, this is the guy. He is your starter on day number one. I think the only thing that Anthony can do is everything that he has done so far. And that's what makes him so unique, at, you know, going into this season. There's no doubt of the athleticism. There's zero doubt of seemingly the talent. And there's been no questions in terms of the intangibles. He, he, he's got the goods. He's, he, he's got the little things. Now it's just a matter of, of, of getting reps because he played really for one year in terms of being a starter at Florida. So I think to answer your question, Jake, all that he can do is what he has done so far. And the only question in the locker room is the question that everybody on the sidelines that was watching on Wednesday has, and that is, all right, does he have it? You know, can he play? How much is he going to play? And that question obviously gets answered to some degree this year, but probably even years after that as well. All right, Rake, we will end with this. What sounds better, the Italian melt grilled cheese sandwich that would be provolone and basil pesto. I had it yesterday. It's fabulous. sourdough bread. Or the return of the mint cookie milkshake. Had it yesterday. Also fabulous. Scout cookie crumbles. I like to defer uh, as, as this is my last year as, as the play-by-play guy for IUPUI. Uh, now I'll be the play-by-play guy for IU Indy after that. Yeah, but one of, our, second, one of right? our marketing slogans on campus a few years ago was, why not both? That would be my response to you. I celebrate the entire catalog. Have those two together and enjoy life. Uh, okay, yeah. Greg, can I, I – don't think you've ever said a truer statement. Can right? I sneak in one question about that real quick, Greg? I don't Please. know if you're up against it. Okay, I've asked this before, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm not certain on this, and pardon my naivete. So, for, a year, for those that are unfamiliar, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis – is now, again, two separate universities. You have Indiana University, Indianapolis. You have Purdue University, Indianapolis. Both of them fabulous academic institutions with great programs, but they are now separate. If you are a student athlete, you are your sports are Indiana University, Indianapolis. That's where you, like, basically shift over towards. So if you were a student at IEPY of any sport, and you are a freshman, and you were in a Purdue curriculum, and your degree is through Purdue, it would have, in the old system, been a Purdue degree in a Purdue curriculum, meaning that you now shift to a student at Purdue University Indianapolis, but that means that you are not part of the academic curriculum that is attached to the athletic side of things. How does that work? So all athletes, I mean, it's always largely been an IU campus. It, 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 it's been a much smaller number of degrees conferred that are a Purdue degree versus one that is an Indiana University degree. And all of the administrative decisions have been made through IU Bloomington then to the Indianapolis campus over the years. Um, because the folks behind the scenes have known this was coming, 
and there is one more year as IUPUI, um, most of the athletes either have, have, have gotten the Purdue classes that they need to get their diploma out of the way, shifted majors, et cetera. At the, at the last update that I had heard, because in addition to being uh, a play-by-play voice for the university, uh, I also serve on the athletic advisory board. So at the last meeting that we had about this, which would have been in April, I think there are all of three current student-athletes that at the end of this year, there's kind of some question mark as to how do we figure this out. More or less, it's simplifying it to a degree, but it largely hits the mark. You basically won't be able to be an athlete at IU Indianapolis and get yourself an engineering degree. Other than that, there's kind of a duplicate of majors, and really it's not going to change much of the modus operandi for the athletics program. Yeah, I just wondered it, if there was like it, a you know a it, sophomore baseball player that in fact was on his way to an engineering degree. Correct, and so and, and just kind of going forward, you know, there may be some kids you kind of have to stop recruiting because you have to be on an IU track as of July first of two thousand twenty-four. But it's it's not as many as you think, and it's not like there's going to be some max s exodus of 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 athletes because again going forward. If you're attending classes at Purdue University, Indianapolis, you will not be eligible to play a sport for IU Indianapolis. Frank, looking at the Coliseum, begs the question, um, on-campus, new basketball arena, is that in the works? It is. Um, it, it will be happening at some point in time sooner than later. Um, kind of the, the, the funding mechanism is there for it. There's just kind of a little bit of work in terms of maybe securing one more tenant and a big part of the impetus behind it um, will be to have, you know, more NCAA events that have a smaller arena to play at in downtown. There is obviously the land for it, which is the grassy knoll that used to be the Indianapolis Tennis Center, uh, you know, w- would, would come into play as part of this. And so it's going to happen sooner rather than later. There's still a, a couple of small hurdles to clear, but I do think, and this has been talked about, geez, for 25 years i think the state house did the state house not pass 85 million right for to, to get Correct. it started that was in the last whatever you call it house sessions right the the, the the biggest issue is always find the money well the money's been found now it's just a matter of, of working out a couple of small details but i do think sooner rather than later they'll be playing on campus in about a 5,000 seat venue ray can't wait to sweat with you here in a few hours <laughs> that's good bring some I'll grilled cheese and bring a case of water if you don't mind amen brother I, can all I right a Greg, Greg cheese, Strong, Kevin, right there so i had i think what i had was the pepper jack Would yeah that that's right? correct yeah i think that's right great little kick to get the morning started here <laughs> uh, but as we I'm said, you, i have no off switch with the the swiss ant like can i i might have another one during the break the don't tell anybody 23 featured items the italian melt grilled cheese provolone and pesto on sourdough i love sourdough and then secondly and i love this for many reasons you've got the return of the mint chalk uh, cookie milkshake mint cookie milkshake top with girl scout cookie crumbles and how about this a portion of the sales benefit girl scouts of central indiana that's cool i i, I again 
I had a little if of everything. You're telling yesterday. me I'm eating for a good cause. I'm gonna be like, hell yeah, bring <laughs> bring that right over here. I mean, nothing says living in Indiana like some grilled cheese at 7:40 a.m. Preach, preach, preach. Just put on my cow hat and just sit around and you know what I mean. Live at the State Fair, it's we are the fair. on this Friday morning. It's opening day here. Gates open in earnest at, coming up at 9 a.m. Mike Chapel's gonna join us at 8:30 en route to Colts training camp. On the other side, a lot of Jonathan Taylor talk. I've got a plan for the Colts with Taylor. I'll share that with you next here. Coming up, 8 o'clock hour. Kevin Aquary, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Opening day, the Indiana State Fair. As a matter of fact, I believe the gates open at 9, although Austin brought his family by from good old Shelbyville. Got to meet Hallie, who, well, he, he said her name's Haley, but she's now been going by Hallie. Brought her basketball over. Uh, basketball, the theme for the Indiana State Fair this year. Football is on the mind for us, but we are right out in front of the American Dairy Association of Indiana, Indiana Dairy Bar. Yes, it looks like a barn, but it's a bar because they're slinging drinks in there, notably chocolate milk and, as well, milkshakes. We have grilled cheese going right now. Always a good time, and, again, it's going to be warm today, so be careful. But right now, a beautiful start to the morning, nice little breeze coming through, and life is good. But things are awfully complicated uh, further west of here, Kevin, in terms of the Jonathan Taylor Colts saga, as you said, continues to simmer a little bit. Yeah, and I've got a plan for the Colts that, that I want to offer here in a few minutes. But let's start with the news of last night, Jake, because I think a lot of people were probably already deep in REM sleep when this came out, and that was Jim Irsay to Stephen Holder. So you can find this on ESPN.com um, around 10.50 last night. Irsay saying to Holder that, his original tweet was not directed at Taylor, and it was more of a league-wide direction. And, again, it's something that I was I was trying to explain yesterday. Now, I think Ursay's got to read the room and realize that it's Twitter. People are going to misinterpret it, and clearly Taylor's agent, who certainly has some childish acts in his background, to be totally honest. Um, he was not a fan of that. Uh, but nonetheless, Ursay's original comments – he felt like were more or should have been more directed uh, league-wide, and he provided clarity or tried to provide some clarity on that. The other big item in Holder's conversation with Ursay was that the Colts have yet to offer a contract extension to Jonathan Taylor. Um, now, he also said that, you know, at some point, they I mean, they would like to do that. And, you know, when that deadline rolls around, they want to make sure that Taylor is here and it sounds like here long term. But the urgency or the immediacy of that does not seem to be in the works at all. You have a player that is coming off injury, albeit not a devastating one in Jonathan Taylor. But there is precedent, especially for the Colts, at position at times where players have an injury and then you're never wading through that in entirety. And so you have a guy in Jonathan Taylor that you have under contract for this year. You can franchise tag him for next year. For those unfamiliar, what that means is the franchise tag is an extension of the already existing contract that the player can't really do anything about where he is then paid the average of the top five players in the league at his position. They can franchise tag Jonathan Taylor up to three consecutive seasons with a 20 20-
percent raise each single year that they do it from one to the next. But you have a rookie quarterback who has played in college fewer games than an entire NFL season. And so for that reason, even though Anthony Richardson is incredibly gifted and appears to have all of the tools in the toolbox, the toolbox has yet to be opened. So they don't know exactly what the timeline is on when Anthony Richardson is ready to have the keys handed over to him. As a result of that, you would think, Kevin, I don't know. I'm not speaking for Chris Ballard. I'm not speaking for Jim Irsay. I'm speaking for what my anticipation would be if I was in their position. You would think that you want to see where Anthony Richardson is, how far along he is, what the window is in terms of when that window opens of your competitiveness of being full throttle before you then know how many years you're going to commit to Jonathan Taylor. And I want to hit on that when I kind of toss out this plan here in just a second. But I will add this, and this is something that Taylor's agent, and, you know, if you just look at his Twitter account, I mean, it's unbelievable some of the likes he has about, oh, you know, Taylor should request a trade. you got to go back a while, but about 10 years ago he fired off a tweet about Ursay being an egomaniac. So clearly – there is some uh, history here that is, you know, not in the most whatever seamless relationship. Um, but you brought up Taylor coming off an injury. If I were Jonathan Taylor's agent, I'd point to Shaquille Leonard getting a contract extension coming off an injury, missing the first ten practices of the 2021 training camp. I would point to Quentin Nelson coming off an injury and also getting a contract extension. So just because he's coming off an injury, again, the Colts have kind of made this bed for themselves. They have given non-valuable positions, even guys that have come off injuries, they have handed out contract extensions to these guys before their fourth seasons, which is the end of that rookie deal, and that is where Taylor is at right now. Now, as far as a plan, this is what I would be doing right now if I were the Colts. First off, you got to start with the overall building philosophy and I know we've touched on this several times but I think it's worth repeating you don't build your team around running backs guards and linebackers you don't just pay any sort of position premium money that's the root of this and that's where Taylor's frustration is is that there's past precedent in all of this having said that you've got to live in the present so let's live on you know July 28th 2023 Jake the Colts have 19 million in cap space right now 19 million in cap space so why not use that why not hand Jonathan Taylor a three-year extension? So that would be 2023. It, it would kick in right now. 2023, 2024, 2025. So I guess you'd rip up the final year. Three-year deal on that. Why is that relevant through 2025? Because that's when you have to make the first big decision on Anthony Richardson. Once you get through year three with Richardson, that's when you decide whether or not you pick up the team option on him. So what you're doing with Taylor is you're front-loading that contract with ample cap space you have right now when you're not going to use it on seemingly anybody else. I guess maybe Michael Pittman, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So you do that here But up don't front. they need to get money? Don't they need to free up money for Pittman? I don't think the Pittman extension's happening before the start of the season. You got $19 million right now. What are, you, what, what are you using that on? Okay, dumb question. Does that money carry over? It does. But, again, I mean, Pittman, you're going to have, I think it's north of, I want to say it's north of 50 next year in cap space. Money is not the issue. It's spending the money that's the issue. I, I have always felt this, Kevin. You know, every year 
I get gift cards at Christmas. You ever get you ever get somebody give you one of those just like random, like a Visa gift card that's got a hundred dollars on it, sure. or a restaurant gift card, either one. Maybe not a hundred, but yeah. Like I just you know again, like I mentioned, I have two and a half million Speedy Reward points because I refuse to spend them. I'm like, oh, I'm going to need these someday. Same with gift cards. I just have this. I have like an entire thing of gift cards. I'm like, why? Why have you not used these, Jay? Because someday I'm going to need them. That's how Chris Ballard is with, with cap space. Right. And that's what I'm saying here. Like, you need to use that, uh, front load it at a time when you're not paying Richardson serious money. You're not paying a left tackle serious money. You're not paying a defensive end serious money. And so, the timeline for Taylor and giving him a three-year deal would align with the early timeline of Richardson. When you have to make the first big decision on Richardson, that's when Taylor's deal would be coming off the books. I'd hand him a three-year deal worth $13 million annually. That puts him right behind the guys that play on third down and Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. And I'd say take it or leave it. Yeah, I. in terms of the money, you, I mean, you're right. They're, they're, why would you not You're spend not spending it, it on anything. I, I get it. I just think that they, for whatever reason, I think that they are hesitant to see where he is and also I, where Anthony Richardson is. I, I just I go but back to – if you're to, hesitant on Richardson, don't you want to support him early on with an elite-level running no, back? No, I, I agree with that. Well, but you have him under contract. Just for one more year. You tag him. I think that, I think they think of it, Kevin, as we have him for two more years. You got him for the year, and then you got him for the tag year. I, I think that's how they see it. And then we'll analyze it from there. I mean, the, Could you the see other Taylor thing is this. doing a, what Le'Veon Bell did and sit out an entire year? Did it work out for Le'Veon Bell? It did not at all. That would be your answer, in my opinion. Now, I don't know that – I mean, I don't know anything about Jonathan Taylor's agent. I'd never, Like most, I'd never heard of the guy until, you know, he's getting into a Twitter spat. And then somebody pulls up a tweet from 2012 where he says that Ursay's an egomaniac and that Bill Polian was the one that built the Colts. Um since then, he has represented Shaquille Leonard, right? Yes, correct. So clearly, that th- those fences were mended because he represented a franchise player that the Colts gave a deal to, or, or have, you know, have brought in and whatever else. So, uh, you know, in that regard, that seems like something way back in the past. I, how long has he been an agent? Because there must have been. I'd like to know what created. He's not a very high-profile agent, right? I know. And so I'd like to know what it was, like when he said, like, whoa, the Colts owner's an egomaniac. What player was he representing in 2012 that rubbed him the wrong way? Do you remember the, the, the timing of that? I mean, obviously 2012 is when they let Polian go. Was well, that that's what to he, he, it was in reference to the reports that Polian had been If it was dismissed. in January of 2012, they would have let Polian go, right? Yes, it was. Well, I, they, I went back and looked at it, and the tweet was a reaction from a discussion about Bill Polian being released. Yeah, I remember it being 2012, or at least when I looked at the tweet yesterday, but I, I forget what month it was. Um, he, again, he, he's not a mega agent by any means. Shaquille Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, I think Titus Howard easily represent his three biggest clients, and then it takes a pretty big drop off of that. Um, yeah, they, again, I, I tried to say this earlier in the week. There were, it smelled fishy. There's smoke in this. That is without question. It continues to get smokier. Uh, this is this is going to play out in a very league-wide manner. And, 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 Kevin, I just think that fans, I, I think fans in, in general, this is where the Colts need to be careful. And Jonathan Taylor also. Fans love going to games. They love cheering on players. They love seeing those players out in the community. 
They love wearing the horseshoe. Those things are important to Jim Ursay. Fans don't want to know how the sausage is made, to use Ursay's quote. They just don't. They don't care. Figure it out. The, the, the fan standpoint is going to be, look, figure it out. What, whether you want the guy, don't want the guy, whatever, that's cool. But you guys figure it out. I don't need to know every moment of it. I just want to see to be able to watch my team and know that they're playing well. And we also know that they can sit here and go back and forth and dagger each other and insult each other and condescend each other until the cows come home. And and then as soon as Jonathan Taylor rips out a 65-yard touchdown run and a win over the Patriots, everything's hunky-dory. You might have just answered it with that last statement. Is this hurting Taylor's image? Yes. Should he fire his agent? Who boy, that's – no, because I think the agent has been vociferous enough that it's clear it's the agent and not Jonathan Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of time you hire a lot of times you hire an agent to, to represent you, to speak for you. But I don't think that that he is. It it doesn't seem that Taylor's the kind of guy. The perception is that Taylor is not the kind of guy that that represents what he is. Again, for those that missed it last night, and Mike Chapel's going to join us here in about fifteen minutes, and there are some other Colts items that Chapel has a great, great, great. Camp story, by the way. Oh, good. Looking Still forward to that. that um, Chap's going to join us in a few, but for those that missed it last night, and again, I, I do want to get to a little bit of let's look ahead to day two of practice. The Colts did sign a veteran corner yesterday. We'll get more into his story, which does include quite the incident off the field. Um, but last night, Jim Ursay to Stephen Holder. This is late Thursday night. Um, and I quote here, by the way, looks like we're going to get a little bit of a weather update from Jim Irsay here coming up shortly on today's practice. He's a meteorologist. So I will be curious about that, um, whether that is rain-related, whether that's heat-related. It is supposed to be a sold-out practice at Grand Park, but I know a lot of our listening audience probably has some plans to go the way, up there I'm today. looking at my rain aware, and apparently we have a storm starting in 35 minutes. All right. Did you know that? I, I did not. Okay. It looks beautiful right now. It is. It's gorgeous that, that's outside. That's why I got the RainAware app, right? So we will keep you updated on Colts practice, whether or not it's going indoors, what the plan is with that. It looks Again, very heavy. Jim Mercy In 45 that. minutes. Um, this we should just the, go inside and just start eating milkshakes. This was the quote from Ursay to Stephen Holder last night and in regards to the original tweet that Ursay had. I quote, the comment really wasn't directed at Jonathan. We haven't exchanged any contract numbers with each other, anything like that, so it's not like we're in the midst of that. I think we had a tough season last year. Didn't win a lot of games. This is a year about coming back together, having a great year, and we're really depending on Jonathan to team up with Anthony Richardson to try and pull together to have a great year. Ursay continues, we love Jonathan. We need Jonathan. Our hope is Jonathan has an outstanding year and that we have a good year as a team, and then we get his next contract done. That's the hope. We think the world of him as a person as a player it's just timing when your time comes to get paid then you get paid and lastly from Ursay, we've always paid our players we've always believed in our core players going to a second contract and that's been how we've been successful in the last 20 25 years so that's not changed by the way um somebody said it's bad in lisden right now it's kind of like this whole Jonathan Taylor situation. Like, this storm just came out of nowhere, right? I mean, I'm not saying the Taylor situation came out of nowhere because we knew that the contract was there. But it does seem to be percolating, like, especially last night where you're just like, whoa, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, Taylor, I, you know, I think Taylor probably started it in June with some of his comments. I mean, that was very out of the ordinary. Remember the show we did right after that minicamp practice? And I was trying to say, like, 
Guys, this is not normal from Jonathan Taylor. He does not publicly talk about this stuff. Frankly, I, I label him as one of the more boring Colts interviews on the team. And for him to kind of take that stance in a public manner certainly caught my attention. And then whether Ursay was – again, I thought he was right with his tweet, but Ursay also threw some gas on that flame with his tweet. Whether he, whether he likes it or not, whether he feels like it was misinterpreted, when you head to Twitter, it is the – Twitter is the ultimate misinterpretation spot. You better be clear. How many times, Jake, have you had a tweet and you'd be like, oh, gosh, now do I have to clarify what I just tweeted? Because oh, people are taking it the wrong me? way? Yeah, yes. I mean, it happens all the time. So that's why uh, – that's where Ursay is right now. Uh, by the way, across the way here they have the barbecue nachos, barbecue mac and cheese, barbecue uh, nachos, barbecue and, mac and smoked tater. turkey legs. Which one of those would you get? The smoked turkey leg. What, what, I've always wondered, what turkeys are they getting those from, the, the, the big turkey legs? I've never seen a turkey that big. Have you? Well, I, no, I can't say I've been around a whole lot of turkeys in my life. I'd probably go far right here. I'd probably go with that barbecue mac and cheese. Yeah, tater. that ba- barbecue mac that and cheese looks, looks good. good. Okay, how about In your the- general vicinity, red velvet Oreo, cinnamon butter, funfetti cake pop. <laughs> uh, the and cin- we're talking deep fried over here. Yeah, the, the cinnamon butter is pretty intriguing. Deep-fried Oreos, deep-fried cookie dough. Then there's the sausage and hot dogs next to us. So you go to the other side. for three days before you come here? Well, I wish I could say I did. Fried pickles, no, no thanks. Giant loaded baked potato, sure. Or maybe you could light up, you know, one of those things that's legal in other states. You could maybe do that before you come here. Okay. And, you know. So you're saying the Michigan State Fair, they do well? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we are live here at the State Fair, right in front of the Dairy Bar. If you're coming out this morning, come say hi. Uh, just northwest of the Coliseum here is probably the best way to describe our location. And we will continue to keep an eye on the weather, not only out here, but it sounds like up in Westfield. Luke just tweeted at me, I'm in Westfield, and it's very dark to the west. The Colts were Lisden apparently is bad as well. To have Is Lisden out by, like, Danville-ish, Westfield? West yeah, I think it's just area? north of that, I believe. It's like Tri-West area, right? Um, basically, what has happened before with Colts practices, for those that are unfamiliar, because, again, I know it's a sold-out crowd of 6,500 today for that 10 a.m. start time. Um, if they have to move practice, they do move that indoors, and I think in recent years that has taken the capacity from 6,500 to more in the 500-ish range. Um, and basically, I think you line up outside of the gate, and it's first come, first enter. So, uh, again, we'll continue to keep you updated on that. Jim Mercer tweeted a couple of minutes ago, weather update shortly regarding practice this morning. Do you think Jonathan Taylor's agent will take offense to that tweet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would think that Ursay's not very good at foreseeing things. By the way, I uh, wanted to read you this, Kevin, because I'm so proud of it. Uh, I got this email yesterday I wanted to share with everybody. Hey, Jake, I'm a huge Colts fan from England. I have a similar accent to your on-air oh, impression, God, but a little more Lord. authentic. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, uh, we have a break today. Uh, 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 go host show, yes. yes. Uh, I'm planning a solo trip this season to watch the Colts and check out Indy this autumn. I became a fan watching the Super Bowl Indy 1. It was the first one I watched as a kid, and I loved Peyton after that, following the Colts reg- religiously since. I listen to your radio show with Kevin all the time via the podcast. I also enjoy JMV's show and listening to you on a Monday. Listening to you all has made Indy seem familiar, even though I've never been. I now even follow the Pacers after not even remotely watching basketball two years ago. 
I'm determined to catch a game at Lucas Oil Stadium despite the unknown season ahead. I'd also like to see the Pacers, if they're playing, would like to be able to talk to you about where to stay and other advice about the city. Should I just let him stay with me? Oh, hell yeah. He can sleep with Cal. I'm serious. I thought, you know what, like, instead of the hotel, I don't know this guy at all, though. But, like, should I just be like, you know what, Brits seem trustworthy. Just come and stay at my house. Sure. I got the Australians. We got them taken care of. They came back for the 500. So I have I have international relations history, right? I took international relations in high school yeah, also. He might be the one hesitant after he sees Cal. <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily wealthier, but after all the grilled cheese, I'm getting a few extra pounds today. Mike says it is raining hard up in Westfield. Boy, that radar looks awful. Okay. Are we supposed to move? I know. I, I was just thinking about that. Uh, Mike Chappell joins us in We're 10. Just sitting. <laughs> We're just sitting outside on a picnic table, a couple guys eating grilled cheeses. Chappell joins us in 10. Let's hit a morning check down. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Uh, the Cubs got a big win. Shohei Otani went off, and the Indianapolis Indians lost last night. Right, Kevin? Like that is, isn't that selling Shohei Otani short? <laughs> yeah. What, he threw like a two-hitter and then came back in the second half of a doubleheader and an angel sweep and hit two homers? Literally, one hitter in the game one. He pitched, obviously, and then the two homers in game Unbelievable. two. And this is on the heels of Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, saying that Shohei Otani's going nowhere. So the trade deadline coming up here in a few days for Major League Baseball. It sounds like Otani will be staying with the Angels. And if Mark Dykton were here, he would want me to say it. The Cubs are lurking. Are you going to say don't look now, but here come I the I thought cubbies. about it, but I, I, I'm i not going to go there. Nah. No threat. No threat. But the wild card, when you look at the wild card, it's, it's so wide open. jumbled. It's wide open. Obviously, you've got a couple wild card spots. So, Cubs playing pretty good baseball right now. Indians lose yesterday. They got a day game coming up on Sunday. Anything else? Fever lost. Okay. By 14. I've already had two grilled cheese. Would you like a third? I've had one. I'm thinking about saving that one for the trip out of here for me. <laughs> but I'm good. I had two. I'm good. Brooke but has man, been they're outstanding awesome. with the dairy bar. Um, I, I would kind of like that mint cookie. Oh, they're great. Dough. Yeah, you'll get one. What was it? The mint cookie dough with Girl Scout? No, it's mint. Crumbles? It's mint chocolate. It's a mint chocolate. Sun or a. Uh, Milkshake. Shake. Milkshake. But it's okay. just, it, it tastes exactly like a Thin Mint Girl Scout cookie, and it's topped with the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookie crumbles. It's fabulous. Are we gutting this storm out? Are we just riding it out out here? I mean, yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay. What, what are we, like Lieutenant Dan Forrest Gump here? <laughs> we're going to be the last shrimp and boat left out here. Uh, it looks beautiful right now. I, I don't I, I mean, if you look to the west, I mean, those are a yeah, little bit I mean, overcast. Come on, but if you would have told me those were the Canadian fires again, Correct. I'd be like, all right, we're good to go. Correct. Uh, we are live here at the State Fair. He is Jake Quare. I'm Kevin Bowen right in front of the Dairy Bar. We both have already consumed a grilled cheese. Jake has two, which is very impressive. Uh, I am holding out for the milkshake. I have no off switch. Should be entering my system here very, very shortly. Again, Colts training camp today at 10. Weather update coming shortly from Jim Irsay. We will relay that information to you. And the dean, Mike Chappell, joins us next. Historical standpoint with this Jonathan Taylor contract situation. He obviously knows Jim Irsay quite well. We'll talk with Chapp about his thoughts on all of this chaos on the other side. Kevin Aquari here, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We're back at the Indiana State Fair where everything gets underway, opens up to the public at 9 a.m. Already some people streaming through. We are in front of the American Dairy Association, Indiana Dairy Bar, which, of course, is when you are out at the fair, one of the great traditions when you come to the great Indiana State Fair is to get the grilled cheese, the cheese sticks, the ice cream. They also have, of course, the milkshakes, chocolate, vanilla, and the mint chocolate milkshakes. So a little of everything here at the Indiana State Fair right along uh, the main stretch. You see the number of milkshakes they sold last year? (laughs) Why? Um I probably contributed a fair amount to that, but sixty-two thousand milkshakes, thirty-two thousand grilled cheese sandwiches. It's a fair amount. Fair amount. I think our next guest has had one here at the State Fair before. Yeah, I bet Chap has, right? Mike Chapel joins us now en route to Colts training camp. Chap, uh, you ever been to the State Fair and stopped at the dairy bar? Oh yeah, I mean I haven't been in a while just because it's a pain in the rear end. But oh, when I was growing up, that's what you did in the summer. The, 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 the midway and all the, yeah, and you go smell the pigs and the cows. And, yeah, it's, it, it's, I tell you, we sometimes make fun of it. It's a great event. It's a great, now, 95 degrees I don't know about. But, yeah, if you guys would, bring me a milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Chap. Uh, your friend and, and colleague for many, many years, Robin Miller, you've got to be the only person that ran with Robin that he never dragged to the State Fair because I think there there are a few people that love the Indiana State Fair more than Robin. He dra- he, he, he dra- dragged me to a whole bunch of places. Some I wish I hadn't gone to. But, yeah, the State Fair was never one of them. And God rest his soul, uh, I can just see Robin eating a grilled che- che- uh, you know the- cheese and a, and a soft drink. That's exactly right. And going and shooting baskets and winning prizes for little kids. Uh, Jim Ursay just fired off this tweet, chap. And for our listening audience out there, practice will be indoors today, which obviously is a shame. It was a sold-out practice. That would have been, what, 6,500 in attendance. Chap, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Typically when they go indoors, that kind of scales back the attendance to, like, 500 or so? Oh, yeah. Let's say they had 3,000 people. Not that many in line right now, but, yeah, it's like they have a lottery, and it's, I don't know, what, 200 people? I don't know how many gets in. I really don't know how many gets in because it's not a very big uh, venue. It's a big venue, but not not for bleachers and all that, so it's really too bad. Can you imagine if you built your entire summer, and some people do, around going up there for this day and all of that, maybe you took off work or, or drove in, and now indoors isn't the weather supposed to be pretty bad tomorrow as well might they go indoors tomorrow night that would be brutal with these two sold out practices no question this is we've always talked and i tell you teams that have taken their camps back to their own facilities and limits bands it's just wrong this is such a great time for fans most of them a lot of them can't afford to go to a game, this is great. You're out there for an hour and a half. You get the Colts, you know, Colt City, and player sign autographs. And every camp practice that's indoors is too bad for the too bad for the fans. 
Again, Mike Chappell joins us here, CBS 4, Fox 59. Chap, we've talked about it a lot on the show today. The Jim Ursay conversation with Stephen Holder last night where Ursay mentions that he, the Colts have not offered a contract extension to Jonathan Taylor. Does that, given the past precedent with the likes of Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Shaquille Leonard, Naeem Hines, does that surprise you they haven't even offered him a contract extension? Yeah, it does. It, it, it does. And, and again, uh, we were wondering in the press room yesterday, boy, I wonder what the, the gap is between what they're offering. You're asking, well, none. Uh, it, it's totally against precedent, and I'm sure some players have noticed this is a, a strange dynamic. of It is timing. I thought when we talked to Chris Ballard on Tuesday, he said everything Ursay said except – and we have an offer contract. Remember, he talked about four-win season and new coaching staff hasn't had eyes on the players. And, oh, by the way, he's coming up an injury. And now uh, he didn't go the, the, the contract part. But, yeah, I feel for JT. He, he's in a bad way for a guy making $4 million this year. But th- this is his job. This is It's a short life. He wants to maximize it. So, I, I don't – I think, Kevin, maybe you have a better idea. Where, how does this end? I mean, it ends with him coming to practice or, 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 or starting to practice. When is that going to happen? I, Chap, I'll bet I, my, my guess would be he ends up playing and then they franchise tag him, right? Well, that's the, I, and I said that from the start is if you want to play hardball, you make him play for $4 million, you franchise him, and if he's still a viable player, you franchise him again. That's why I thought an extension – you know, three years and $24 million guaranteed, which would sort of be this year and two franchise tags. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be really – and what's funny, if you read Jimmy's quotes, is we love Jonathan, love the person, love the player. We're, we really need him this year with, with Anthony Richardson. And, and JT hears that and says, wait a minute, so where's my money? You know, where's my extension that you've given, like you said, to Shaq and Smith and Grover Stewart and, and Q and all those guys. So, it, it they get their reasons. I, I understand both sides, and I've generally almost always been a player's guy. So, I would have I would have extended in, but, you know, it's not my money. Holy smokes, I'm driving here. Yeah, and we're going to make hey, an chap. audible, Chap. We're, we're going to audible Can we call fast. you, can, Chap, can you hang over on the other side so that we can take a break to move because somebody just turned the lights out here basically uh, at the end of the State Fair. We're going to move inside. Can we reconnect with you here in just a couple can. minutes? Call back when you can. Sure. Okay. We will uh, reconnect with Mike Chappell. Kevin and I are going to move inside as Mother Nature has other ideas here. Indiana State Fair. Kevin and Query, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How about that, man? I'll tell you what. Before we continue, and we are at the Indiana State Fair, where we were outside right in front of the, the most fabulous venue here, which is the Indiana Dairy Bar. We already had a couple grilled cheeses. We already had a milkshake. And then Mother Nature decided to uh, throw a cement mixer into the plans. And so 
Uh, huge, huge, huge kudos and thank you to Kelly Hyatt and as well as Landon Coons, Landon notably, who is our on-site promotions and engineer guy who immediately somehow managed to disassemble everything, put it onto a table. We carried it over uh, into another facility here. Thank you to Sally for coordinating all of it with the American Dairy Association as well. And we're back in business. So I appreciate everybody sticking around. I appreciate the patience. I got a golf cart ride from Matthew. Shout out to Matthew. As soon as, uh, as, soon as it looked like there was going to be lightning overhead and we've got all the equipment, I was like, all right, we're good. We are good. And so here we are. Now, now Sally, which building is this? Ag Court. We're in the agriculture, oh, ag hort, agriculture and horticulture. Say that five times quickly. Um, and they've got red gold uh, tomato juice right behind us. So the, the pride of Elwood, Indiana. The update from Colts. And the giant cheese sculpture. Look at that. The update from Colts Love training that. camp is this. Again, practice outdoors will not be happening today at 10 a.m. It is going to be indoors. That takes a sold-out crowd of 6,500 down to 750. Um, this via the Colts. Only the first 750 fans in line with a ticket at the main entrance to the event center will receive a wristband to gain access. Um, it says fans may download free tickets at colts.com slash camp. I already thought it was sold out for the day. Wristbands will be distributed beginning at 9.30 a.m. Doors will not open before 9.45 a.m. All fans, including children, will need a wristband to enter. So what happens, okay, so Kevin, pardon my naivete here. If you were a ticket, to get into the Colts camp, you need a ticket, right? Correct. They're free, correct? Correct. So if for some reason you were able to acquire a ticket for today, and then obviously you know, you're not able to go because they moved it indoors and that reduced the number of available tickets, do the tickets have dates on them? I mean, do they just carry over? Would they be honored elsewhere, or do you got to start the whole process over again? I would assume they have dates on them. You know, they were sold out today. They're sold out tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I, I, again, they're free. So, I don't know, maybe you find a day next week or something like that. But, yeah, that's the update from Colts camp. Disappointing, understandable, obviously. You can't control Mother Nature. But I know a lot of people, I mean, Jake, we had people tweeting at the show earlier, hey, I'm driving from the region today for Colts practice. And, you know, if this is the final day before the kids go back to school, I, I assume, I think it was kids' day if I'm not mistaken, so I assume a lot of kids were hoping to go to Colts practice. So just a bummer that you got to go from, you know, 6,500 to 750 now. Uh, by the way, the Indiana State Fair also announcing that they are temporarily uh, holding on opening their gates, which were scheduled to open to the public at 9 a.m. That is on hold as well until this storm passes, which I don't think, I mean, it, and it's, Right now, it is definitely thundering out. I don't know that it's raining yet, but if you are in the area, certainly be careful because it's not great. But it looks like it's a quick storm. I did not know. I mean, anytime you have this kind of heat, Kevin, in the middle of the summer, pop-up storms are always a possibility. I didn't know that it was expected, but it's supposed to get really bad here in the next uh, 30 minutes or so and then be done in about an hour, uh, kind of lighten up in about an hour and a half or so, or, or, excuse me, uh, actually over the next two hours. So it's actually kind of good because it means that it won't be 95 degrees all weekend, hopefully. But that came out of nowhere. When I was a kid, by the way, did, did your mom ever tell you this? Am I the only one that, that thought this? When I was a kid and it would thunder out, my mom told me the angels were bowling. Did your mom ever tell you that? I feel like I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something you can pass on to your kids. Yeah. I always thought it was cool, though, you know. So the Colts moving indoors. Kevin, I'm curious of this. Um, 
people were, mentioned this to me yesterday, you know, the fact that, that I had gone back to interview Freeney and was not at Colts practice the other day. How much of, like, when you go to practice, other than looking at who is out on the field, how much can you really get an idea of who looks good and who doesn't? Yeah, I, I think it depends on the levels of practice. I think once you get to full pads, that's certainly a truer indicator that they aren't allowed to wear full pads for the first couple of days of camp. I think once you get to the joint practices, like, for example, last year the Detroit Lions joint practices, the Colts offensive line got absolutely whipped. I mean, just dominated. What happened last season? Right. So I, I think when you get to those moments. And it probably is pretty pads, telling on, on what players practices. are being put out in different scenarios, right? Sure. I mean, a lot of it is lineup-related stuff, depth chart-related stuff. Obviously, it's not the end-all, be-all, and certainly game moments are bigger. Um, you know, again, the other example from last year's training camp that I will use is I remember walking away from training camp practice quite often thinking to myself, man, the Colts really have no vertical passing game. Like, there just was nothing down the field last year. And so part of it had me thinking two different thoughts. One, Matt Ryan's arm is shot, and there won't be any vertical passing game this year. Or two, this is just how Gus Bradley operates with his defense. Because you have to think that as well. Uh, Number one was correct, right? Well, number one ended up certainly having a whole lot of merit. But also, when you thought about that second aspect to it, again, how much of that was Gus Bradley, you know, trying to keep everything in front of him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But now looking back on it, certainly number one was – more than true. Do you remember, Kevin? I felt bad we hung up on Mike Chapel. I know. Well, did we say we we're going to reconnect with him? Should we try? Yeah, we should definitely try. Sam, if you want to get a hold of Chap, um, I'll shoot him a text, Sam. And he was he was very understanding. Um, Jonathan Newsom. Do you remember Jonathan Newsom, sure. Kevin? The Ball State product. The Ball State product who basically, I hate to say this, I mean he he essentially smoked his way off the roster, right? He failed a few drug tests and. Uh, he's done a, a few podcasts since then where he's talked about learning from those mistakes and how he wishes he'd handled things differently. He played in Canada and has been a good player in Canada. He was a, a promising young player for the Colts. I have no idea, Kevin, whether or not – I mean, he has stated that he'd like to get back into the NFL. Probably that door closes. But we'll take Glenn Robinson the third, another guy that, that played here in Indianapolis, went, you know, bounced around a little bit after he was done with the, the Pacers. And – Glenn Robinson III has stated that he wants to get back into uh, the NBA. Which is which happens first? Glenn Robinson III signs a contract in the NBA and returns, or Carson Wentz signs with the team? Um, it's a good question. You know, quarterbacks, obviously, I mean, you saw the Burrow thing yesterday. You know, anytime a quarterback goes down, you always think about, and it does sound like the Burrow thing is super, super serious, but... Uh, I would probably go with Robinson just because I think I think Wentz brings so much drama, Jake. It, it does. It, and I don't know. Like, that's a huge storyline for your backup quarterback. Like, Gardner Minshew has no storyline. Right. No one is coming to Colts camp to talk about Gardner Minshew. Uh, and hell, Minshew right now is a starter. People would be flocking to wherever Carson Wentz is to do that story. And I just don't think Wentz would be very good in that role. I, I could be totally misinterpreting him, but I don't think he's wired to be in that role. I, I, I think one of the things that hurts Wentz is the fact that it just seems like he is the only one unaware of that drama around him, as odd as that sounds. Uh, we'll try to reconnect with Mike Chappell. We'll, we will do the last hour here from indoors at the Chap Indiana State Fair. So Mike Chappell joins us on the other side. Again, thanks for the flexibility to all involved. Kevin and Corey, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mother Nature alive and I shouldn't say well, right? Alive and ugly on this Friday Unbelievable. Morning. It is pouring here. At and it the was Indiana gorgeous, like 20 minutes ago. First 90 minutes, absolutely gorgeous. We were outside in front of the dairy bar. Shout out to Landon, Kelly, Sally, Sam Fritz back in studio. Jake, I know I'm forgetting people. Brooke with the Dairy, dairy Association. Shout out to everybody that helped us get indoors, uh, get set up. Sam Fritz, great work back in studio, replaying a little bit of that Edron James clip from uh, last week. Uh, but we are now back on air, and again, we are not only indoors here at the State Fair to open up the day, we are also going to be indoors up at Grand Park. Uh, unfortunately, 6,500 sold out was supposed to be the attendance number outdoors today. That is now down to 750. So just this from the Colts, because I know some people are in their cars planning to go to Colts training camp today. Only the first 750 fans in line with a ticket at the main entrance to the event center will receive a wristband to gain access for the indoor practice. Wristbands will be distributed beginning at 9.30 a.m. Doors will not open before 9.45. All fans, including children, will need a wristband. Jake, I think today was kids' day, so I'll toss this in for the kids, not the adults. No autographs with the indoor practice, Okay, just something to mention as well. Uh, speaking of indoors, that's where we are. We are now in front of the American Dairy Association of Indiana Cheese Sculpture in t- inside the Ag Horticulture Building. We heard from Edron James and the delay while we moved our equipment because we got Al Michaels' 89 World Series there at the beginning. In the middle of our conversation with Mike Chappell and the greatest stretch play since Edron James is Mike Chappell stretching out and carrying over to continue our <laughs> conversation. Chap, apologies. Appreciate the flex. Flexibility, but to put a bow tie on it, or for those that were just joining us, that are just joining us now, the Jonathan Taylor Ursay, I, sh- I hate to say Ursay, but Jonathan Taylor Colts contractual situation is one that is not unprecedented with the franchise, but it is unusual of late. You anticipate this kind of going down how? Hi, JT has to practice. He's under contract. Now, the, the strange dynamic is he he passes physical, but is not ready to practice, so he's on pup. I mean, depending on his mindset, what happens when it, we go a week, two weeks, and the team says, you know, when are you ready to practice? He says, no, I'm not. I don't know. That That's why this is such a different situation. Uh, at some point, he's got to practice. Or... or or he stays on pup, which is the first, what is it, first eight games of the season? And who's that helping? That helps nobody. So I don't know. It's 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 really, it's obvious that we were talking the other day in, in the media room, but that these guys know, these guys knew where they stood. The Colts knew they weren't going to offer him a contract. He knew it. So, you know, none of this is all of a sudden, this has happened. I mean, maybe this played into him not being 100% ready to practice. I don't know. But the bottom line is he's got to play. And when that is, I don't know. It's really fascinating because it, it, this is really a rare situation with all the things involved. 
Chap, you think back to Shaquille Leonard a few years ago. He didn't practice for the te first 10 days of camp. He was not on the pup list. Did not practice for the first 10 days of camp. Then he signs that extension three days later. Again, same agent as Jonathan Taylor. I just bring that up because I think that you, you can't ignore these clues, particularly you when you see how the, how the agent has acted here on social media in recent days. But in regards to Taylor and his injury, you just mentioned that he passed his physical, but I, I, I guess is choosing that he's not practice ready. Chap, I was saying this to, I think it was Stephen Holder we had on the other day. If you're a Colts fan, I'd almost rather him this be a contract dispute than still a lingering ankle issue. Because we're talking about a high ankle sprain yeah. that it was debate whether he needed surgery on or not. He elected to have surgery. I think you talk to most people in the medical field, they would say six weeks, maybe two months, not more than six months. So to your point about Taylor needing to talk, he's got to clear up where he's at physically because right now so much of this screams semi-holdout just doing it in person. Didn't he like it? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he liked to tweet. I, I actually think he might have taken the like down, not to get too like overly social media teenage crazy on it, but uh, welcome to our world. Um, I, I do think he removed said like, but boy, chap, if you want to see some likes, go to his agent's Twitter account. He's literally liking trade request tweets, value of Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. So, Social media has certainly been a source of frustration in a very indirect manner from the Taylor camp. I just, I understand their frustration. I don't know how an agent believes, you know, returning fire to, to, to uh, an owner like Jim Ursay is advantageous. It just, you know, and a couple of them are really kind of nasty. So uh, I don't know. I, 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 I think Ursay, they know where they're, they're going. And this is not going to change change how they want to do things. I, I, I agree with you. I think the sooner JT talks, the better. Because until he does, people read body language. Well, he looks he looks grumpy. What do you mean? Or, 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 or this, that, and the other. He can talk. You know, normally players on pub don't talk. All he has to do is walk over the interview area and talk. So uh, it, it's... Chap, what do you think about my three-year, $13 million annually? Throw that in front of him right now. Use up some of this $19 million you've got in cap space. That aligns him with Anthony Richardson in the sense of before you make that fifth-year team option move on Richardson, you would put Taylor on the same timeline. What do you think about that? Through 2025, here's three years, here's $13 million annually. Well, I think instead of the 13 annually, what are you going to guarantee? If you do sure. three years, in my mind, it's got to be this year's $4 million. And then two franchise tags, which is probably 22, 23 minutes. So you're talking three years, 25 million guaranteed. But it, but whether or not he he would take that or not, it doesn't matter because the Colts aren't off. I've always thought like Nick Chubb's contract, three years, 36.6, whatever it was, is pretty reasonable. I just you know it this thing plays out and. Taylor has a chance to go to free agency next year. Why will the market be any better? Just the Colts don't franchise him. So, well, Chap, do, do the Colts have to consider, because this would be my concern, do the Colts have to consider the possibility, like if, if you were to give him, let's say, what Kevin was saying, three or 13, he agrees to it. So you got him three more years. 
at the end of that three years, let's say by then Anthony Richardson has his footing under him and is ready to rock and roll and ready to be unleashed, and now you've got to go out and get an altogether new player behind him because Taylor has gone on and signed elsewhere and gotten what he wanted out of Indianapolis. Do they consider that in any way, shape, or form? I think the idea, you know, the talk is, well, do they really want to sign him long-term? Long-term for running back like three years. And I think however this plays out, extension, whatever, in, in three years, after three years, they're going to have a new running back. Like, you know, Edron James, I think he had a six-year rookie contract, and then they franchised him, and then he's gone. You know, so it's it's, and that's rare to be honest. That length of a running back well, tenure. That 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 was the rookie contract. No question. And I just think that the way that the league is now, that you get four or five years max out of a running back, and you feel good. So you know, a three-year contract for JT, where really, it's two years of guaranteed money, and then we'll see about twenty twenty-five. But until the Colts decide to offer something, it doesn't matter. Chap, the, the brilliance of national media. Do you remember, Chap, and I'm going way back on the way back machine here, but do you remember when the Colts had a similar situation with Eric Dickerson and Sports Illustrated did the cover that said one happy camper and it was a picture happy of Dickerson camper, at yeah. camp and it was about how thrilled he was to be here. <laughs> he I held out Rick Victory suspended him ten games. I, I, I still got that that issue because uh, that was supposed to be Eric Dickerson with Jeff George and boy here we go and it just blew up on him. So uh, we we've had more difficult camps, but whatever it's a holdout, which we really hadn't had in a long time. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it, you, know, you, you know, so again I, I go back. You hope it's sooner, not later. Um, if he doesn't practice, or no matter what he's doing on the side. You know, you kind of get football in two weeks practicing and, and hurting a hamstring. So it, it needs to be resolved. Chap, you told me a great story. Mike Chappell is our guest, by the way, from CBS4. He is the dean of writers covering the Indianapolis Colts. This is his 40th training camp and covering the franchise. You and I were very briefly kind of BSing the other day out there at Grand Park, and you mentioned we were talking about young quarterbacks. You told me a great story about Carlton Gray, and I wanted to see if you could relay it because I think people love this kind of anecdote, and I had never heard it before, and I thought it was hilarious. Well, people forget that Peyton Manning missed the first week of training camp in '98 with a contract, so he show, he shows up finally. Kelly Holcomb had been practicing as with as with the first unit. Kelly goes out there, so let's say on a Monday. Kelly goes out to practice, and Tom Moore said, "Wait a minute, son, Peyton's here." So then Peyton's the guy, and, and he's just rolling, doing this, that, and the other. And he's okay to us. Nothing Hall of Fame, he's been pretty good. And Carlton Gray was a veteran cornerback uh, they had. Most of the players are really gushing about Peyton because that's what you do. And Carlton Gray said, man, I don't know what the big deal is. There's fluttering, moving his feet. You know, we'll see, but I don't know. And like a week later, Carlton Gray was done. <laughs> Be careful who you criticize, because some guys criticize. <laughs> and here's the thing. 
chap. And, and I mean, I realize he was a veteran at that point, but it's not like Carlton Gray was, you know, an, uh, an undrafted guy out of Youngstown State. I mean, he had played in the league oh. for the New York Giants. He was going to be a starting quarterback, probably. <laughs> so, you know, again, some guys, it, it's really crazy going back to how they sort of put Peyton in a cocoon as far as comments that he could do no wrong. But Carlton Gray found out the hard way that, uh, some things you just need to keep quiet about. All right, chap, last one. I can't thank you enough for sticking with us today. Uh, I thought Jake made the great analogy. That I always thought Peyton was going to hurt his hamstring on the stretch play, by the way. It's been a hell of a stretch here for Mike Chappell with us. Uh, did I hear correctly from you, chap, that we are expecting the big guy to meet the media tomorrow night, Jim Mercer? That, that's what the talk was. You know, whether that changed, you know, I, I thought the, the weather was iffy. And, but, yeah, and if they went inside, but, yeah, that's the is he's going to come up for that first uh, in practice. And I'm really curious how he will react to what's been said. But he's been. Did we lose chap? I'm still here. Breaking up a little bit for us, chap. Let's well, just let I'm, him go, I'm just saying. trying to get you guys <laughs> it's it's par for the morning, Kevin. Does that sum up the weather we've had this morning? It's been, I'm telling you. And I, I realized this is kind of the beauty of summer, right? You just never know. I did not know when, one word when we got here this morning, it was a gorgeous morning. And I know that it was expected to be in triple digits today, but it was gorgeous. It was sunny. There was a nice breeze. We met Austin and his family from Shelbyville, really nice kids, nice family. And somebody sends us a text that says, like, hey, just so you know, it's sprinkling in Lisden. We kind of make a joke about it. Yeah, okay, it's sprinkling in Lisden. And then the next thing we know, all of a sudden, we're at the Bangladesh Fair. It's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, like, like, literally. I, I don't know if you're like this now, but, like, for the past two months, if I see overcast, I just assume that it's those Canadian fires again. Uh, totally. And I, I just looked to the west, and I was like, oh, that's nothing. It's just hazy. It's hotter than you know what right now. And then. Sure enough. So we're sitting last night. We're sitting last night watching TV. And all of a sudden, I mean, I jump off the couch nine feet high in the air because the smoke alarm goes off at Shannon's house. And it's loud as hell, right? Like people could hear it like in Geist. And it's incredibly loud. And, and then I'm thankfully somewhat happy for it because it interrupts Real Housewives of Orange County. And it's the only thing louder than, than that gathering on Bravo. And so now we're, like, freaking out. Like, is it – so I'm, like, walking around. Like, we're trying to figure out, like, is something on fire? And then, I kid you not, Kevin, it was like my eyes were playing tricks on me where I'm like, I think the house looks smoky. I think the house looks smoky. Well, it was obviously, like, a, the battery was going out. So she looks at the battery and says, it says here the battery should be changed by 2007. Yeah, it's probably time to that, – that probably is what that was. Yeah, we got a grown teenager at this point. <laughs> since we but, I, but I did think of the wildfire stuff. I was like, I don't know, maybe like what my eyes are seeing is the Canadian smoke. So, yes, never know. But, man, it got ugly quickly. Unfortunately, we're on pause here at the State Fair. Gates were supposed to open at 9 a.m. We'll continue to keep you updated on that. The radar doesn't look like rain all day. Now, again, when you've got temperatures like we do today, certainly pop-up showers – could be abundant, but unfortunately, we will be indoors up at Grand Park. Again, for those that missed it, we were supposed to be outside. 6,500 fans sold out. Unfortunately, that number is down to 750 
and people that are allowed into the indoor facility you need to line up in the event center line at Grand Park to try and get a wristband. Um, so a big, big loss just in terms of sheer number of fans. And I think today was just to be kids' day up here. Yeah, it's disappointing. At Grand Park as well. I did want to sneak this in, Jake. Yesterday the Colts did make a signing of a cornerback, a veteran cornerback in Chris LeMond's. Um, a lot of people have been wondering, would the Colts sign another cornerback given their youth there? A uh, couple things to note on LeMond's. First off, yes, he's played in the league, I think 42 games. He has not played much on defense, though. You look at the last three seasons, he's played 32 total snaps on defense while playing 588 snaps on special teams. So this is special teams more than defense. And the other thing to note on him, why would you, or when you first Google him, what do you find? He was part of the Alvin Kamara rather ugly-looking incident in Vegas from earlier this year um, that he has pled not guilty to, I believe reached a plea uh, in that, in um, beating up another individual. Now, if they were to release him tomorrow, it's and we have seen that where a guy gets signed and then something yeah. happens. Juju that, Prince is healthy, so now he's. Do you know what you would ref, you know how you would refer to the era of his time as a Colt? Uh, you're going to say some French thing. That'd be 24 hours of Le Mans. I, I, come on, man. Come on. Sam, I mean, we've been, you think I've, been, I've been running around. I'm carrying of, tables. On the I'm grand helping scheme of Jake jokes, We're moving I'm going to say fly. that one ranks at about a six out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay, not bad. Cal made it, yes. Cal is safely in the backpack. Unbelievable. Um, so that is the news item from yesterday from a roster standpoint. Uh, they are now back at 90. Again, Juju Prince was dealing with a hamstring injury uh, on Wednesday, so he did not practice. We're still yet to see him in a training camp or in any NFL practice. He's he's one of the more intriguing players, is he not? Just because you know he's going to have – I mean, the opportunity is going to be there, right? Certainly. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, opportunity is going to be here for him. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Again, Colts practice going to start at 10 a.m. I'm going to head out here just a little bit Do you think he stays early. at home? Uh, I was thinking he probably grew up. I don't know. Uh, I guess it would be something. He went to Warren, so east side, right? From here, but I know Jack Doyle originally stayed at home. When Seriously? He, when he came here. Now, Jack Doyle was a waiver claim from the Titans, so not a draft pick like Juju Brents. You know, Juju Brents, if he wanted to, get an apartment and, you know, find your own footing there. I also wanted to mention this. There was some Twitter action yesterday. Micah wanted us to address this. Uh, the Colts worked out a quarterback yesterday. Um, usually in camp, most teams have four quarterbacks. Jake, I'm of the thinking Gardner mentioned and Anthony Richardson need every rep. Yeah. I don't think you need a fourth arm. So who's the quarterback they worked out? Reed Stanett, I believe is the name. Played in the XFL. It was on some practice squads, I think. Can we guess his college? Sure. I'll go with Toledo. Reed Stanett, I'm going to go with Toledo for his college. Sam Fritz, do you have a Sam, guess? you got a guess? Oh, geez. Um, let's go Hello. with... I don't know. Uh, Xavier, just as a random Sam's guess. Sam's in awe right now. Uh, Sam says Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. I don't uh, think they uh, have they, football, they, they, Xavier. They don't have a football program, uh, Xavier, Louisiana, maybe? I stand by my I'll guess. Go with, since, uh, since Sam and Mark aren't here, I'll go with uh, – we'll each give two guesses, Kevin. I'll go with Toledo, and I'll go with New Mexico State. This college my uncle went to. Oh, really? Okay. Um, there are There is a Colts tie to this college with someone that has been in the news for off-the-field issues in the last 48 hours. Uh, I'm going to go with – oh, in the last 48 hours. A former Colt? A former Colt. 
that was in the news for off-field issues in the last 48 hours. That would rule out Michigan State, right? Or no, UMass? It's not UMass. Someone that you, I, I coached there. He coached there. Former Colt that was a coach at this college. Someone that I think back early in the offseason you thought very highly of him potentially being the head coach here. And the news that he is in is good or bad news? Bad news. Well, uh, some might say it's extra vacation. He coached here. It's kind of ignited his head coaching career. And he's now a college coach. He is now a college coach, supposedly suspended for the first four games of this upcoming season. The San Diego Torero former head coach, Jim Harbaugh. See, okay, I didn't. Harbaugh would have been, yes, I agree with, um, I thought Harbaugh was going to be here. You are correct. Uh, so San Diego is where he played? San Diego. Which, he haven't they had some quarterbacks? I'm trying to think of somebody else. Was Josh Johnson a San Diego Torero? Was he? has been in the league forever? I, I remember when San Diego, when, when Harbaugh was there, played at Butler. Yeah, because they're in the, pi the Pioneer correct. League, right? Correct. Uh, all right, the pop quiz on the other side. We will do that with a four-pack of tickets. Jake, I hope when you, they come out of the State Fair, they're going to get better weather than we're getting right now at the State Fair. So 317-239-1070 for that. It's also Freebie Friday, so free Jiffy Lube oil change up for grabs. We will do that next. Before that, let's do a morning check down. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Major League Baseball yesterday, Shohei Itani was absolutely amazing in a doubleheader for the Angels. Game one, throws a one-hitter, then decides, you know what, I can do better than that from the other side of the plate. Gets two hits in game number two, both of them out of the yard. Home runs as the Angels got a sweep yesterday. Also in Major League Baseball, uh, Cubs, Kevin, remain one of the hotter teams in the NL Central. You worried about it as a Reds fan? Yeah, I am a little bit worried about it. Um, we'll see how this continues. Because we've been playing for uh, in the wild card mix, to say the least. We'll see if they can knock on that NL Central door at all. But yes, the Cubs are lurking, as I've been saying. Uh, Indians in action at home at Victory Field this weekend. Obviously, Mother Nature hopefully cooperates out there. Day game coming up on Sunday. Uh, Indians, I believe, were they, they were on the short end yesterday, correct? Nine, six, did I see that right? I think that's right. Uh, nine six yesterday, and then also we had news from the Indiana Fever. Yeah, Fever lost yesterday, eighty one sixty. Seven. They have lost a lot of games as of late. They're in L.A. for two games uh, this weekend. And so losses Tuesday night and then Thursday afternoon for the Fever. And then lastly, on Colts camp, practice is going to be indoors today. Due to the limited capacity in that event center at Grand Park, the practice size goes from 6,500 for a sold-out practice outdoors, unfortunately down to seven. 150 so if you're in the area you have a ticket you're looking to go you've got to go get in line as quick as possible they're going to pass out wristbands starting here at 9 30 gates will not open until 9 45 no autographs today and i know today was a big kids day and so uh no autographs um after the indoor practice this is like being in the middle of an acdc video it's kind of cool right that's just awesome big lightning i know it's kind of awesome lightning. It's, it's pretty awesome, actually. It's kind of cozy in here. We're inside the Ag Horticulture Building. It's kind of cozy. All kinds of Indiana. If you're at the State Fair, you got to come out here not only to see the American Dairy Association of Indiana cheese sculpture, which they're getting ready, it looks like, to sculpt, but also like a ton of Indiana merchandise and gear and a couple of huge gourds. Do you like gourds? Yeah. Well, gourds always kind of intimidate me. <laughs> 
the look of them. Yeah, a couple of huge gourds behind us. Am I wrong, Kelly? Aren't they kind of intimidating looking? Yeah, I could use a gourd on Jake's head. That is correct. Oh, I could thanks. certainly uh, use that. Well, we Luckily, gorged ourselves on grilled cheese earlier. So. Cow has made it inside the building That's for right. those nervous about that. Shannon, I'm sure, is thrilled to hear that news as well as Boo. Uh, pop quiz is next. <laughs> Four packet tickets to the State Fair. Give us a call. 317. Who's jealous of Cow? If you really want to know the truth. 317-239-1070. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Now, Jake, do you think I would get tased if I walked up there and tried to take a bite out of the cheese sculpture? Uh, I'm not going to say any names because the person now works in the museum industry. Oh. Museum. I say museum. It's museum. Yeah. Someone got on me for the way that we say that word, by the way. I like Zam. How, like how do you say Indiana. it? How do you say it? You're from the, you go to the children's what? Museum. I mean, I talk with an Indiana twang, so Zam. Okay. So, I, I mean, I try to say museum, but it sounds weird. Um, but when I was a kid, I say who we were at the Science and Industry Museum on a seventh grade field trip. And one of my buddies, who now runs a, an art gallery, we challenged him to hop the boundary and go up and high five the large hand, the large hand like exhibit. Yeah. And he did. And it set off like massive alarms that basically shut down the entire city of Chicago. Um, and I think that it would be a similar reaction if you were to go up right now and do something to the cheese sculpture. But it is very tempting. It is very tempting. Uh, we are now indoors here at the State Fair. We were out of the dairy bar earlier. Uh, grilled cheese in the belly, absolutely outstanding. This year's grilled cheese, a little bit of a um, provolone, basil, pesto, sourdough, outstanding. Outstanding grilled cheese. Um, so, yes, we are here at the dairy bar, and make sure to check that out. Uh, basically, northwest part. Uh, of the Farmers Coliseum, if you're looking at you know where the fuel used to play and IUPUI and things like that. And then if you're going 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. If you're going, if you're at the fair and you're you're leaving the Coliseum and you're walking towards the Midway, just before you get to the Midway, uh, if you take a right, that is where you find the Ag Horticulture. Easy for me to say building, and that's where you can find the cheese sculpture, which is going to be. And I'm going to talk, Kevin, when you're on your way to camp, to the woman who is designing it. She came all the way. You know, she has something in common with the Colts. As a matter of fact. Really? Nancy, the cheese sculptor, has something in common with the Colts. That's correct. She's going to be sculpting a basketball-themed um, cheese sculpture until August 9th. My worry would be— I'm going to be foaming at the mouth driving to training camp, jealous of you talking to a woman about cheese. Here's the thing. My worry would be, you know, Michelangelo's David, the reason why Michelangelo's David is considered the finest piece of work in, in art history is because the marble itself, the strands in the marble are such that— it was thought that at any point when you chisel on it, it would collapse all of it. Now, what happens if you get until August 8th and then all of a sudden she mischips something and the cheese crumbles? Well, I'm then not, Do they just make it a blue cheese exhibit? Do they, you know what I mean? I, I'm not going to doubt her. I, her expertise is so good. I don't, I don't even think that's a thought. <laughs> do, you, do you think – do you nibble on any of the cheese shrapnel? I don't know. Every time I see her go up there with a tool – I mean, look at that knife she has right now. That thing <laughs> could do some 
serious. You game. were asking what happens if you go up there and mess with the cheese sculpture. Yeah. I think we just found your answer. We did. Right? Speaking of answers, it is time for the pop quiz. A four-pack of tickets to the State Fair we are giving away right now. Sam Fritz informed us the phone lines are crowded. It is a freebie Friday. People stuck through it with our storm. Jiffy Lube oil change also up for grabs. Jake, give us a number one through eight. Uh, I will go with the number... Today is day one of the great Indiana State Fair, so we'll go with number one. We have some absolutely BS baseball questions, by the way. I know that shocks you. Uh, who is number one? Sam number Fritz. one goes to Matt. He called a whole 10 minutes early. Look, Mac, M-A-C? Matt, M-A-T-T. Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Sorry about that. Uh, what's up, Matt? How you doing, man? Hey, doing well. How you doing, fellas? Matt, your favorite thing about coming to the State Fair? Grilled cheese, of course. That's heck oh, yeah, Matt. I, I mean, sourdough bread, hard. little basil, the provolone, the sourdough. I I hope that I can stop there on my way out. Matt, did you did you stick one. with us through the tumultuous change of location that we had to do because of the storm? I did. Yeah, I was enjoying that uh, Edge interview. Well, we appreciate your. Uh, and Edge was great, don't get me wrong, but we appreciate certainly your patience and your understanding there, absolutely. Matt, what's your ideal grilled cheese? Like, you've got the kitchen wide open, you've got five course items all around you. What do you want to throw on that grilled cheese? I like I like to use a uh, Texas toast bread, probably two, three slices of pepper jack cheese, and then maybe uh, some pepperoni in the middle of it. Wow, Matt, not messing around. Texas Matt, toast is Matt, so have you underrated. Called the, have you called the program before, Matt? I have, yes. You sound like a nice fellow. Have we played Get to Know Your Listener with you? It's a wildly popular segment. We've had really good feedback on that. Have you participated in that game? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, what what high school did you attend, Matt? Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. That's down uh, southern near Paoli, right? Correct. How far from Paoli? Uh, 20 minutes, maybe. Are you, are you mostly impressed that I knew it's near Paoli? Sure. Is that near Shoals, by Matt, the way? you got to feed Jake's ego is, when is he says a, something like that. you got to say, yeah, I was really impressed is there. It, <laughs> is there a Shoals near there, Matt? Uh, yeah, uh, probably 20, 30 minutes away, but in a different direction. Okay, so it's just kind of, you know, it's halfway between Paoli and Shoals, in case you're wondering, Kevin. <laughs> Boy, thank you for the map yeah, expertise thanks. there. Do what I can. All right, Matt, congrats on the four-pack of tickets to the State Fair. Better, congrats on your grilled cheese expertise that sounds amazing and the jiffy lube oil change you know I, I went to school with a matt mitchell how weird is that we have matt from mitchell and then i grew up with matt mitchell so matt no matter what That's happens amazing. stay on the line today jake go ahead and throw number don't one don't know out. A matt souls though but he knows but he wears dr souls uh okay here we go matt question number one for you the Colts are hoping for Shaquille Leonard to return, of course, to form this season. He led the Colts in combined tackles in 2018 and 2020. Who led the Colts in tackles last year? Was it Bobby Okereke, DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, or Rodney McLeod? Zaire Franklin. Correct. That's Franchise right. record, by the way. Matt, I apologize. The next four questions are just some wild baseball ones. Okay, well, Shohei. If you're, if you're wise, you got a chance. Shohei Otani threw a one-hitter in game one and homered twice in game two as the Angels swept a doubleheader from the Tigers yesterday. Named the only pitcher in Major League history who threw a no-hitter and homer twice in the same game. Otani, of course, did it on the same day. A, Wes Farrell. B, Rick Wise. C, Earl Wilson. D, Jim Tobin. Jim Tobin. You know, if you were wise, you'd, you'd think for a second chance there. P.J. Tour, Rick Wise. 
Rick was. Look at that. Okay, Matt uh, wasn't the valedictorian at Mitchell for nothing. Question here. number three for you, Matt. Name the last player to throw a complete game shutout and hit two home runs in the same day. His first name describes what it was like outside this morning. Uh, would it be Milt Pappas, Babe Ruth, Pedro Ramos, or Sonny Siebert? Sonny Siebert. Okay. All right, number four here, Matt. The late Vita Blue. We're doing well here. Was born 74 years ago today. Blue is one of 11 pitchers in Major League history to win the Cy Young Award and a league MVP in the same season, winning both in 71 with the A's. Speaking of Blue, who was the last pitcher to win Cy Young and MVP honors in the same season? A, Clayton Kershaw, B, Justin Verlander, C, Max Scherzer, D, Roy Halladay. Justin Verlander. Boy, I thought the blue hint. I don't know. Okay, question five for you, Matt. Today marks the anniversary of the only perfect game recorded by a pitcher with the Montreal Expos. Who was it whose initials are what you now do when you slide into somebody's comments on social media? Uh, who actually accomplished the feat? Was it Bill Stoneman, Dennis Martinez, Charlie Lee, or Steve Rogers? Can you give me the options again? Uh-huh, yep. Uh, the guy whose initials are what you slide into in uh, on social media when you want to make a comment to somebody. Uh, Bill Stoneman, Dennis Martinez, Charlie Lee, or Steve Rogers? Martinez. Dennis Martinez, he goes with. What about Pedro? You would think Pedro, right? Right. Yeah. How long was he a pitcher for the Expos? First contract, probably, I would guess, four years, three three to four years, somewhere like that. Matt, with a lot of hand-holding, did pretty well there. Four of five for him. Jake, the lone miss? Uh, the interloper on the perfect record for him was, in fact, not catching your hint of the blue. blue. I mean, he's been in a blue jersey throughout his career. I Clayton mean, Kershaw team. was the correct answer. He went with Verlander. It was Clayton Kershaw. I guess Verlander's been an Astro. Now, I don't know. How are you going to get all the way back into the <laughs> to the mud bog of the infield? So I've been thinking about how far is the tunnel? What, what, what do I got? A three-minute jog? There the actually, tunnel? there might be a tunnel. Here, here's the thing: there's a second tunnel this way. Yeah, but I'm going to be in the open area. Correct. Yeah. But you're going to be in, in a wide open space there. All right. I think you're better. You're better off, and this is great radio for people to, to understand this. But we were out in front of the Indiana Dairy Association Dairy Bar uh, earlier this morning. When it started raining, we moved to the west in order to come into the ag horticulture barn, which is where we are now, and we are right up against the midway. So Kevin's got to get back into the infield. The walk tunnel is just on the other side near the Coliseum. I think you're better going this way and trying to take advantage of as much cover and or indoor yeah, buildings yeah, yeah, as yeah. possible. I do think it's and then you're on your own. I do think it's lighting up out there. Well, then you have fun with that. Now, I, I have to ask, name again. Nancy Baker. Nancy Baker. What if I went up there? Nancy's going to join Jake on the other side here. Nancy, what if I went up there and took a little bit out of the old cheese sculpture? Go ahead and throw that headset on. I, I have to ask you this before I leave. Would you tase me? I saw you had a big knife, and I got worried about I that. I have knives. I have many knives. Okay. Um, however, um, you can eat anything once. So uh, that would be okay. Oh, wow. So, for, for you. Okay, so Jake, she said uh, one time I would have a reprieve. Yes, Ooh, one. I think she's being kind. Yeah. That's dangerous, Nancy. Mm. That is very dangerous. Okay. Uh, this conversation on the other side, right, Jake? Yep, and Nancy has something in common with the Colts that we will get to Ooh. as well. Um, she's very curious, I could tell over my – see, that's, I, that's what we call in, in the business a tease. That's a tease. Right. I'm off to Colts training camp. Okay. Uh,
Have a great weekend, man. Uh, we will see you, obviously, on Monday. We'll come back. We'll put a bow tie on all of it. We'll talk about what's going on here at the great Indiana State Fair, including what brings Nancy Baker here to the great state of Indiana. All of that when we come back on the other side. It's Kevin and Corey, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. You're listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. A, a big thanks again to several who were part of our kind of um, vagabond-type show this morning because, again, we were outside in front of the Dairy Association. And thank you to everybody from the American Dairy Association of Indiana for having us out. A reminder, if you're coming to the State Fair, you absolutely have to go in and get grilled cheese. You've got to get a milkshake. You've got to get cheese sticks. You've got to get just milk in general. As a matter of fact, on certain days, you can also make contribution while you were there to the Great American Milk Drive to help out um, less fortunate kids to make sure that they are getting all of the proper nutrients of milk during the course of the school year. Then, if you are waking your way towards the midway, and who wouldn't want to go there to try to win, uh, like, you know, a nine-foot Scooby-Doo based on 50 free throws, before you do that, you hang a right, and you can go inside of the Ag Horticulture Building, easy for me to say, and take a look at the... American Dairy Association of Indiana Cheese Sculpture, and you would, if you do that, see Nancy Baker, who ironically, when it comes to food, doesn't like to bake, but does like to sculpt, right? And she joins us here uh, live. First off, Nancy, uh, welcome to Indiana. Well, thank you. I'm assuming that you've been here before. You are native to, I mentioned you have something in common with the Colts. Uh, You went ahead and just packed in a Mayflower truck and came here from Maryland in order to do this, right? No. Well, I hopped on an airplane. Okay. Um, So, uh, actually, it's my first time to Indiana. Is it really? It is. And yeah. when did you arrive? Um, a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your thoughts on Indiana? Other than the weather is extremely unpredictable? It looks just like Maryland. You know what? Actually, <laughs> it, uh, it probably does because Maryland has some, some rural farming areas, right? Absolutely. I, yeah. But I, I do love the city of Baltimore. And you are native closer to Annapolis, right? Correct. Yeah. Chesapeake Bay. Which is the Naval Academy, right? Crabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like crabs? I do love Do you sculpt them. with crabs? Not with them, but I have sculpted them in cheese before. Okay. So how does one become... A cheese sculptor? Um, I guess it depends on your motivation. For me, two things. I like to make art out of non-traditional things, and I like to monetize my hobbies. Okay, so, no, no, wait a minute. (laughs) So let's back this up. So this means that your hobby was playing with your food, right? And you decided, and so your mom kept telling you to quit playing with your food, and then you finally said, well, mom, I'm going to get paid doing this. That's right. Now... Have you ever messed up? Because I'm looking at a large, how, how big is the block of cheese that you are going to sculpt? Okay, so we're, we're starting out with a 640-pound block, okay. but we're going to add eight more, 16 more 40-pound um, blocks. So all in all, it'll be around 1,300 pounds. That's, that's another 640 pounds. Yeah. See my, my quick math there. Mental math. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm a mental wizard. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... When you are making this, now, now you have a design here. I assume that what mm-hmm. I'm looking at is the design that says winners drink milk, and it is a cow stuffing a basketball, right? Yeah, this is Buttercup, and she is the mascot for the Indiana Dairy Association. Right. Um, and she has been a good girl drinking her milk. She's strong. Oh, yeah. And she is going to be slam dunking her cow spotted basketball. And um, because she's so good and she's a winner because she drinks milk, she's going to be earning some trophies <laughs> out okay. of cheese. Now, and, and you are going to be sculpting this between now and August 9th, is that right? Correct. In the 9th is the big unveiling. Now, is that, is so you basically, you're like 
Michelangelo because when he did David, he was under like you know under veil for four years, and then all of a sudden he comes out with his masterpiece. You're going to do the same, you or can in, people come in and watch you work? They can come in and watch us work. There's going to be a team of okay. people, and um, you know if somebody will be here at all times sculpting the cheese. Now, now, what happens to the cheese that's shaved off? The cheese that's shaved off is um, saved, and we use it. Um, for other things in the sculpture, but also at the end, all the cheese is turned into biodiesel. So, um, but you know, sometimes I need heavy things moved. So, bribery. Now, <laughs> so you're all about the buck, is what I'm. No, I'm just kidding. Well, so, so let me. Ask, so you've done this before, clearly, because you're very. You know, you're obviously a great spokesperson here. You're mm -hmm. familiar with this. How often have you been doing this sort of an activity? Now, I mean, with the Dare Association or with cheese? This, you know what? I've been sculpting cheese for about nine years, and but this is my first time um, representing the Dairy Association. So it's a this is a big deal for me. So it is. Now, now, do you go to other state fairs around the country? I I go to events around the country doing cheese and other food items. Now, when you tell your friends from Maryland that you're going to Indiana, are they? A lot of them are still bitter about the Colts, right? <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot of bad blood there, right? And I have friends who are big time Colt fans. Still. Really? Oh, still? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them. You know, they're, yeah, they're upset about that. I remember when it happened. Do you really? I do. I do too, actually. They and they, they snuck out in Mayflower trucks in the middle of the night. Um, and you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but it, you guys could have kept them if you just would have built a new stadium, right? Really? I mean, it, yeah, it really comes down to you guys. They didn't tell me. I know. Well, it was all about eminent domain. The Colts decided that they wanted a new stadium, and the state of Maryland said, "We're not going to give you the money for a new stadium." And Bob Ursay said, "But I want a new stadium." And then the state of Maryland said, "Well, we're going to file eminent domain, and we're going to make it that you can't leave." And the eminent domain went into effect at like six o'clock in the morning. So at four in the morning, they loaded up Mayflower trucks and. I there remember. I think I remember that whole under the cloak of darkness thing. Correct. Yes. They snuck out in the middle of the night, not like you who was scrupulous and did it on an airplane, on right? On an airplane, right. But you know what? They did build a stadium. They did eventually. <laughs> but that's because they stole somebody else's team because turnabout's uh, fair play. There right? you that's go. That's how this works right. in these things. It's all, yeah. Um, so, Nancy, <laughs> this is going to take place. You said it will be unveiled on the 9th. Correct. Now, is it intentionally taken place you know, to, to, to make it so that anybody on each day coming to the fair can see some activity. If you wanted to just get this done, you could do it in what an amount of time? Um, it, it would it would take me, if I was here, you know, it would still take the same amount of time. It takes a long time because you can't rush it, if, you know. But somebody will be here the whole week and a half. Do you ever have, and, and I don't mean this to be, but, I mean, are there times where if you start to sculpt the wrong way mm -hmm. that it kind of collapses and you've got to start over with another block how does that work um that you you're thinking ahead so that doesn't happen but it's it's a you know an organic thing stuff happens you know so you just have to be a really good problem solver along the way because stuff does happen and you're a high school teacher yeah and what is your what subject do you teach in school i teach 3d design so i'm a sculpture teacher okay. at a high school yeah uh, and that high school is near Annapolis? Near Annapolis. When does school start? Because here, school started like, so are you playing hooky? N no, but I heard that. I heard it was the first day of school. What? It's, very, it's odd, isn't it? What? I, it depends on here in Indiana, I th and I, I'm not a parent, so maybe I'm speaking out of school, mind you, but mm -hmm. my understanding is that different, obviously different townships, it's different. Mm -hmm. We now have in Indiana what's called select schools, meaning that you can send your child to a school outside of the township in which you live or the district mm -hmm. in which you live. But um, most schools now do a different, you know, they get like two weeks off for spring break and 
uh, two weeks in the fall and et cetera. Okay, gotcha. It's staggered a little bit, so the the summer break is not as long. Okay, gotcha. But they, they start back. It, it seems to me like Labor Day should be the mark, right? That it, You know, back in the day, that's what it was. and I, I But now um, our school starts at the end of August. So August 18th, I got to go back. But the hooky playing will um, occur periodically. And, the year. <laughs> and then you will send out, will you get a chance to sightsee Indianapolis? Is there anything about Indianapolis you'd like to see while you're here? Um, what, what's, what do you recommend? Well, there's a little of everything. You're right in the middle of town, which is great. Yeah. Um, you obviously can go down and see Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts now play. Um, it is my responsibility probably because my other job, if you will, I work for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, oh, which is the home of the Indianapolis right. 500. Yeah. So, and of course, milk is critically important to the Indianapolis 500. Winners drink milk. The winner, of course, drinks right. the bottle of milk at the end of the Indianapolis 500 mile race, which is a great tradition. So that's cool to see. Okay, cool. Um, we also have the world's largest children's mute. Now, do you say museum? Out, out east. Museum. You, say it again. Museum. So you do say museum. Yeah. How do you say it? Well, I I didn't realize this, Nancy, and I'm not going to lie to you. It's become I've become self-conscious about it. But apparently, I say museum. I say it like like Shazam. Okay. Kind of like that Gomer Pyle fella. But but I say so. It's my understanding. I say museum. Museum. Is that but what I said? But it's museum. <laughs> museum. I don't I don't really I don't go with the hard e on it. I got another one for you. How okay. do you say umbrella? Umbrella. People so, make fun of me because I go umbrella. So, so you, you're, so you go. <laughs> no, it's as opposed to what? What other way would there be to say it? Umbrella. Okay, so you put the emphasis um, on the, the um. I, I, I would say umbrella. Okay, you did it on the a. I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think my brain's gonna. Explode okay, what now. about this one? Uh, since uh -oh. you live in, um, if you were gonna drink a a beverage that's carbonated and slightly sweet. You would say what? You're going to go to the store and you say, hey, I'm going to run and get a what? Soda, not a pop. See, here. Are you pop? I'm neither. <gasps> I'm all encompassing. Hey, I'm going to go get a Coke. Oh, okay. Even if it's a Sprite, I'm going to go get a Coke. Even okay. if it's a Dr. Pepper, I'm going to go get a get Coke. Get a Coke. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can still be friends. The, it's these, okay. uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, again, just to recap for everybody, you're going to be here until August 9th. What are the hours in which somebody can see you actually sculpting? Um. We're going to be carving from 9 to 5 okay. most days. And there's going to be a team of people. Um, if I'm not here, there will be some other handsome fella or gal here. So you will be here from 9 to 5. And then on August 9th, everybody will be able to see the final result, which is Buttercup dunking a basketball because she is a winner and she's been drinking her milk. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the time. We wish you the best of luck. Enjoy Indianapolis, okay? Thank you. Thanks and let for everybody me. know the Colts are doing just fine okay. since they moved. Okay. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, also joining us now, um, Brooke Williams is here from the American. American Dairy Association of Indiana. So, Brooke, um, I wanted to, to recap this for you in just kind of the last minute or so here that we're here, and thank you for having us out. But it is a cool story, and I know that you are a fan of it, about the fact that this has to be the first year that the winner of the Indianapolis 500 turns around to take the bottle of milk from a farmer and new them. Yes. Now, hold on. Somehow we turned this down. Okay, go ahead. It, it doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah, we never could have predicted that uh, there's an IndyCar driver that even wants to go to a dairy farm, let alone the dairy farmer that specific year that gives it to the driver that has been on his farm. So how did how did you know that Joseph Newgarden was a fan of milk? Uh, we uh, were reached out by his agency, public, you know, people. And now it's very loud. <laughs> Welcome to our world, Brooke. <laughs> 
We're drowning out the thunder. Okay, so jo Joseph Newgarden's people reached out to you they and just said, hey, he likes milk? And said he, he really does drink like multiple, multiple gallons of milk in a week. And so uh, we partnered with him. At first, it was just a video that he did. And then we ended up asking him if he would want to come to a dairy farm. So he did. And it was Carrie's farm. And um, now we've had a contract with him ever since. And so Joseph Newgarden wins the race, goes out, runs into the crowd then goes over for the ceremonial bottle of milk and there's a whole program of dairy farmers and it just so happened it was Kerry's turn in the rotation that he was the farmer but I think the cool thing about it you pointed this out I did not know this um, that Newgarden when he won the race with all of the hub hub going on and all the excitement and everything he later admitted that he kind of had planned the whole going into the crowd yeah but but I think his reaction when he saw the bottle of milk was in fact spontaneous and that was what it was yeah he saw Carrie handing over the milk and he looked right at Carrie and said I've been to your farm I mean and again you had no idea who the farmer maybe the drivers pay attention to who the Indiana dairy farmer is we like to think that we're that good at marketing. Do, do they get introduced to the farmer in advance no no um, but one of J Joseph's buddies saw that it was Carrie that year so in his mind he was thinking how cool could that be but never was that related to Joseph um, so yeah I mean to, and to be there watching that whole moment take out. I mean, I don't typically get like emotional over too many sporting events, but being able to be on victory podium at the end of the Indy 500 is always a really cool moment for us to see our dairy farmers. But to see that happen, I mean, you, you couldn't help but have chills and some tears in your eyes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool yeah. deal. Uh, and thank you for the grilled cheese. I'm glad that you got the Swiss sandwiches in there, and I probably will partake in many of them. But it's always fun, and it's always good to be out, so we appreciate it. You know, you are our favorite well, morning news <laughs> thank you. guy. And so anytime we can get you Swiss on rye or a milkshake of your choice, happy to do so. Much appreciated. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for cooperating with us this morning and being patient as we changed as weather took over. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday, 7 a.m. Have a great one, everybody.